Hello and welcome to the RP Geeks, where we do Dungeons and Dragons and science set in the sci-fi world of Praxigantu. So we are for science communicators who love to uh, play D&D. And then before we play... Oh, my entry We've changed the order of things. Sorry, everyone. Basically, we like to uh, play D&D and talk about the science that comes up in the sci-fi concepts of our game. Um, So uh, we're going to do some introductions before we get down to some science. So um, I will go first. My name is Sharmini. Hi, uh, I use she, her pronouns. Um, I'm a science uh, video journalist. Um, Simon. Uh, hi, Simon. I'm Simon. <laughs> I'm inhaling an apple. People <laughs> have criticised me for this in the past for eating apples too quickly. Like I've eaten an apple in 25 seconds flat, and I feel like I have do slowed down. Do you eat down. the whole apple, or do you leave the core? No, the no, core, no, no, no. Yeah. The, the, the skill is leaving the skeleton of the apple. Um, so that's Simon's intro. Future apple. Simon. Hi, I'm Emily, and I open bananas from the other end. That's my weird thing. I do. I don't use the stalk end. I use the other end to open the banana because someone told me to do it once. And I've heard that. I maybe, but I've just I don't even know if it is. I that's just what I do now. Have you ever eaten bananas lengthways as opposed to No. Apart from maybe in like well, if you're in like a banana split, like, you know, I might put my spoon in the middle of them rather than um, anyway, or if, if you wrap them in foil and put them on the barbecue yeah. with chocolate down them. Yes, for, for I'm, the I'm Emily, I'm she her, and uh, I make science videos. Ali, what, how do you eat fruit, weirdly? I peel the peel of satsumas off in one single piece. <gasps> oh, so jealous. You have a satsuma with you right now. Can you show us? Wait. Oh, my God, he does. <laughs> okay, well, he does. Charmaine, did you, you with that, that Simon actually did just inhale the apple really quickly? Like, I thought he was exaggerating, but no. for the benefit of podcast listeners, during Wait, Emily's intro, he did it in the space of about 10 seconds. The apple is gone. Like, it happened. It's right, a right, right there on useless the talent. It was... It was um, I, I don't have a weird fruit thing. What? Okay, okay. Sorry, Paul, because this oh, right, is not okay. fun for you. I will narrate it. Ali is peeling the satsuma. Shall I introduce it's myself as d- I'm doing this? Oh, yeah, actually, that's better than me doing it. <laughs> um, my name's Ali Jennings. Oh, there's almost a break there, but not that Oh, way. very good. We saved it, it. It has come off in one piece, I can confirm. Thanking you. I'll save that for later. Um, my name's Ali Jennings. I use he, him pronouns. I'm... A video science video maker, and yeah, that's it. That's me, baby. What what happens now in this whole new system? What happens now in our new system is we have what is called the D and D brief. There's just we no music that plays. The D and D. Oh yeah. Do we not? Do 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 No, we're not in the bio. That's later. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> ding ding ding. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes, the vowels, right? <laughs> <laughs> music as opposed to if you're in a cathedral which is well, dong, do, dong, but, dong, dong, well, dong, 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 dong. i put the science music <laughs> um, in between the end of the game and the science dancing but fun. now the science is first that's we first. normally play the video which is like an intro video but we don't have intro science music really so, or if you're uh, cleaning up after animals it's dong, 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 dong. <laughs> no no the reason <laughs> fyi people that the um debrief is now first is because we chat about science of uh, previous sort of D and D sessions, but we never uh, talk about it from the session before. Cause we got to go away and do. We got to go away and do some research. You make sure um, we're right a little bit. At least. Well, we roughly, we loosely we attempt to be right. Research. Do yeah. not, not you know, do your own, do your own research. Nothing we say can be taken as fact. Uh, Please do your own. We get one of those really fast, like you know, when they read out like side effects of medicine. Like, I'll be be taken with water. (laughs) (laughs) Do not trust anything we say. (laughs) 
So the topic, the topic for today is based on uh, two episodes ago because uh, I, I just spit off last week um, when we were unexpectedly attacked in our D and D game by tiny cartoons. Oh, the anime! Why the anime attack? How? What? Anime people. We're three D people in a three D world being attacked by two D animation so projection. Charmley will be doing the science of anime. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm I've I detoured off the science of anime um, into the science of cuteness, which sounds much nicer and more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I feel like um, uh, we, we I, I'd like to throw to the floor what are the cutest things you can think of, cutest Your thing you've ever seen. Go. Face, my fiance. Oh, very good, very quick, Ali. You those have to are do it both now. good. I like those. those. Probably my child. I also, I would also like to put a vote in for Ali's baby. Is very cute. Like he's super sweet. There but also, but I actually think it's probably like a, it's a puppy for me. <laughs> Genuinely, like puppies are just the best. Cuter than Ali's baby, specifically. Specifically, <laughs> you just want to specifically make sure we know no. all Other babies. <laughs> then Ali's baby. Yeah. yeah. Then, then Charmney's face. The and then. All other babies. <laughs> okay, so here's an interesting evolutionary question. Um, first off, why are babies cute? Second off, why are puppies cuter than babies? They are so much cute. Because <laughs> evolutionary really speaking, cute. your species has an advantage if you think your child, your children are cute because you're going to yeah. protect them and everything. But like, there's no advantage to thinking that the young of other species are cute or cuter than your own species young. Definitely not. And 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 so to to sort of fill in that, if you look at different species, the ones that have to take care of their babies tend to have cuter babies. Now we're kind of mammals, and we find other mammals cute, and uh, humans need taken care of for what? way longer than other species. Yeah, because our babies are useless. Our babies are a little bit useless. <laughs> they can't do anything. But extra cute yeah. to make up for that. True. And yeah, people think, as you've alluded to, Simon, that the cuteness of babies makes you want to take care of them and and protect them and look after them does anyone know what features of babies like the opposite, <laughs> the opposite of baby spiders so whatever baby spiders <laughs> don't have that's wow, what that's really is. mean to baby fewer spiders. than eight limbs but when you, try and, <laughs> when you try and draw oh, something that's cute you give it like big eyes hey guys cute yeah. little chubby cheeks yeah um a tiny little mouth a high-pitched noise <laughs> yes. yes um sort of <laughs> malco <laughs> <laughs> Am I cute, deaf mother? Parasol. <laughs> Round, full bellies. The oh, ability yeah. to not to not, not be able cute? to stand up very well. Like, wobbly, sort of a bit yeah, wobbly. little wobbly, wobbly little babies. Like falling over all the time. And you're reeling these off, but it's also the things that we find cute in things besides, like for example, animated characters. Like exactly. you're describing, like the the so, big eyes, the the lopsidedness. Like, can yeah. I put out a theory? Yeah. I'm gonna suggest. I feel like. The fact that we find puppies cute is just a, a side effect of the fact that we find our own young cute, right? Oh, and that nature yeah. just happens to use the same tricks both times. So it's a bit like it's actually a sort of bad thing. We're like, Although oh, one, like one puppy slight too. tweak on that is it just nature that's used that same trick? Mm, because because the dog. But do animals have a concept of cute, or do they just go, "This is my young, must protect." Well, so, okay, I don't know whether in their brains they're going like, hmm, the concept of cuteness seems to apply <laughs> sure. to us. But from the fact that 
us humans have this really basic instinctive response to cuteness. So you can show someone like pictures of cute babies and like bits of their, you know, different bits of their brain will light up very, very quickly. It seems to be a really basic response to those features of the big eyes and things. And the fact that other animals also, animals who have to take care of their young also have those similar features, certainly in mammals, suggests that it's not just something humans have invented, but actually this is a sort of quite old trick for making people take care of of their little baby ones. But the interesting thing I think with, sorry, Ali, carry on. Thank you. Question, is it, is some of it like, is some of the stuff, stuff that just is very difficult to grow, you know, like eyeballs, right? Like presumably eyeballs don't change massively in size because it'd be quite difficult to get the lens right and grow a mm. new lens or stuff. So you just have to have big eyes at the beginning and then just work with that. That's really interesting. That's a chicken and egg question, isn't it? Which came first? The fact that babies have big eyes and therefore we think they're cute or the fact that eyes can't. they're cute, therefore yeah. they have eyes big eyes. Small, so. yeah. And the, the other interesting thing with that, that there was one sort of theory I read about babies being really cute and, and needing a lot of care, which is that as humans grow older and take a long time going through childhood, um, this, this one person thought, look, the growth of various things could happen faster. Children could look more adult. They could get that bit of their growing done, but it benefits them not to while they still need adult care because they still want to set off those triggers. So actually humans appearing juvenile for longer and longer and longer could be of benefit, just whether or not your eyeballs are expensive or not. I don't, I don't want to make this like a sexual thing, but I'm, I'm going to go. But you're going to, Why yeah. Would, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to. But the I'm afraid I have I to. Safe. <laughs> no, the, that was never going to be safe. It's like the is the reason that you might want to transition out of looking cute to looking adult because you're like, boo, ready for sex now. Don't think I'm cute anymore. Think I'm hot. Is that the is that that's, the kind of that's kind of valid though because you do, to, you do tend to you do tend to associate cute with children. Yeah, that's also mixed up with care, though, isn't it? Because mm. you you would assume that the the transition to adulthood, where, where where whether that's in puberty in certain in certain times or later for us, is is a sort of very significant distinction, both in terms of caring for yourself and in terms of sexual relationships. Dogs, though. I love dogs. Dogs, <laughs> right? Why are, why are dogs so cute? They're just the best. <laughs> I mean, Sorry, was, okay. I, I just heard the crunching of the gears <laughs> going <laughs> on there. <laughs> We're shifting into to talking about dogs. dogs. <laughs> well, there are a lot of things that you can apply the science of cuteness to. Um, French bulldogs, uh, hugs, those ones with the, the, the ones with the horrible Hugs breathing problems because they've oh, got the really flat so faces sad. and they just can't breathe and they've got all sort of foldy flappy Pug skin. Pug skulls are the most horrific things. Mm. All of those, all of those kind of dogs we have bred to look less like a wolf with a long snout and more like a baby with like less of a chin and a big cranium, like human natural selection and not natural selection, the opposite of that artificial selection. For the benefit of listeners at home, we have two pictures, a picture rather of two of dogs. They are, they're sprollies. So they're Springer Spaniels and Collies crossed together. Are they? See, Collies, right, working dogs, bred to be effective at herding sheep. Therefore, much more 
adult-like sort of long snouts compared to little toy dogs with their huge eyes. Because there, there, there came a time, um, I think maybe like in the Victorian period, where people stopped breeding dogs for work and started breeding like lap dogs and, and just cute little stay-at-home dogs. Question, mm. can, can you go too far down the cuteness axis? Like a chihuahua just looks horrific so it's, you know yeah. have to, do, do me a favor the... some people think yeah. do me a favor google owl monkey skull Stop this. So, so when we're thinking of like of creatures that are cuter that, because they have large <laughs> eyes there is a definitely owl a limit are cute but they're not their skull <laughs> just without what do they look without like without yeah, the skull? So, so if you google <sighs> if you just google owl monkey yeah, they they are no, they're, they're cute animals, they're but cute. like there's obviously something though about like the living animal that goes that's cute. Whereas if you look at the, the skull, it's like that's <laughs> almost like... human but weird. So that there's like a, a still a it looks off. like a cartoon though, doesn't it? it that does. little yes. monkey yeah. skull looks like a cartoon. Oh my god! And I think because cartoons grim. aren't creepy or skulls, <gasps> we are we like give them a lot more slack. So I think cartoon characters with huge eyes are also cute. I'm sorry, that owl monkey looks creepy as fuck. Hang on, what, what if, I, if I Google anime girl skull? I don't know oh, if don't do it. <laughs> don't the do first, it. I'm not kidding you. The first result oh. is an owl monkey skull. If oh. you Google anime girl skull, that are is the just... top image that, that comes is, up. That is the top image. I don't like this from my search history, this but I'll do horrendous. it. This Anime, what is it, anime? I just Googled anime girl skull and it is why, literally a picture. Why girl? I mean, I animate. It is. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, it's a meme. It's a meme. That's uh, yeah, it's like a Reddit post. It's, I it's, found it's... a skull of an anime girl. <laughs> or oh, there's another one which is like it almost looks like the aliens from Independence Day. Like huge, kind of. Uh, what's that bit of the skull at the back? Is that the cranium? The your like, head back. is your cranium. Sort of the you know the the sphere part of the skull rather than the rectangle that you have your face on. Oh, I see. Yeah, the cranium. Yeah, yeah. The bit with the brain in. Yeah, the bit with the brain in. The brain pan, which was the Anglo-Saxon word for skull before skull came over from brain pan. Brain Brain pan. 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 No, that was not the Anglo-Saxon. Brain the pan. Skull before skull. pan. Also, do you want to hear a cool bit of etymology to do with anime? Obviously. Yeah. So anime is what's <laughs> is what's known as a loan word um, because it comes from um, Japanese describing animation by just taking the English word for animation and um, the process is informally known as uh, nipponization because it's sort of made Japanese. But what's kind of funny is that it's now become anime. It's just dropped some bits of the English. And now in English, we refer to anime as separate from animation. So it's become a loan word of a loan word. I see. Which is okay. just kind of kind of fun. Etymology corner. corner. I was gonna- <laughs> That's because, where you've just been. <laughs> because anime was what, what triggered all this. Um, I was kind of thinking, oh yeah, big eyes, cute. That's why anime characters have big eyes, some of them. Um, but another interesting theory as to why, and, and it sort of seems slightly more popular as to why anime characters have big eyes, um, is that if you compare, what are you giggling about in the background? Yeah, stop it. What's I was thinking about something that I thought. Just, just put Simon something in the Twitch about. chat. But yeah. Simon wasn't thinking about what I was thinking about. Some of us can't see <laughs> it. Snitchu has just put sharp left, Simon, you're crashing into Weeboot. Bad for the podcast. Sorry. You should come and watch this live on twitch.tv forward slash Dr. Simon Clark. Good sell, well done. So um, anime characters, big real. eyes, um, there is quite a, a measurable cultural difference between uh, Japan and America, which is the two that have been sort of mainly studied, between where on a face you look to read emotions. Ooh. 
So I don't know whether you've ever thought of this, but traditional uh, Western emoticons, right? A two dots and then like a line or a grin or a, like just a curve. The focus is on the mouth. What is the mouth doing? Smiling, sad and everything. Uh, a lot of um, Japanese like emojis will be like the like the um, triangle little hats for eyes. It'll kind of like focus okay. more on what the eyes are doing to signal the emotion. And that actually applies in like if you do studies of how people read emotions, um, particularly if it's things like fear or surprise where the eyes are similar, those can be confused. So different cultures, you know, a lot of emotion, a lot of reading emotional facial expressions is the same across the world. Try and make your eyes happy with literally without moving your mouth at all. Like it's really difficult. You can't look happy. Hang on, no, I'm, what I'm going to do is smile and then <laughs> stop smiling. So I'm going to go for a full face. But it <laughs> then you, it I don't think you, you don't look happy. It looks anymore. like you photoshopped a sad face onto your happy face. <laughs> yeah. Great podcast content. I'm going to put a um, <laughs> right at home for more great pod- podcast content. I'm going to um, put a link in the. Uh, What's it called? Discord. Um, if anyone can put that onto the onto the Twitch chat as well. Doctor Simon Clark fans Discord in the uh, RP Geeks discussion. Look up the evolution of Mickey Mouse because this is a great example of cutification, mm. um, and it shows basically the different designs of Mickey Mouse across the years. And when Mickey Mouse started off, Mickey Mouse looked like a rat because he's a little rat. Steamboat he's Willie. It's a, like a mouse a little... rather than a rat, right? Yeah. Okay. Fine. It's a little, little mouse. He looks like a rat. Long... He looks more like a rat. <laughs> Because mice are kind of cute. No, rats are cute too. Well, and his first, the first movie was Steamboat Willie. Yeah, I think, so. I think so. I think maybe it's not the first, but it's very early one. It's on the, the it's on all their anniversary stuff, so I assume it is yeah. Steamboat Willie. Yeah. And he's so got he's got this long snout. He's got a smaller eyes. He's got um, thinner limbs, so more adult proportions. Oh no, Uh-oh. we've lost oh, a Charmony. Oh no, Jeez. this has not happened for a long time. More adult what? Oh, she's back. Tell us about the proportion, Sharmini. I was, and then you all froze at me. <laughs> no, no, you froze. <laughs> He's got a little modern Mickey as a little chubby body with the little chubby arms, big forehead, blooming great. It's mostly forehead, um, and quite big eyes on there as well. Is that what happened with the recent incarnation of Sonic? Oh, oh. oh. don't talk about it. Just those hands. Oh, remember the Teddy hands bears. when it first came out. It happened with teddy bears. Teddy bears used to look like bears. Now they're just like, hello, so cute. They've got a little flat face. Like teddy bears. I have uncovered a fun historical detail about Steamboat Willie, if people would like to. Yeah, know. please. So I asked about if it's the first appearance of, of Mickey Mouse. It was the third film that Disney had produced with Mickey Mouse. Were the first two really racist? The first. Oh, no. It was the first to be distributed. Oh, okay, okay. Basically, basically, um, Walt Disney saw the jazz singer, which was like the first big talkie, and then Mm. committed himself to doing fully synchronised cartoons. So I think the first two weren't synchronised with sound. And so it was like, ah, forget it, it's trash. But but, but do it again. Never released them. That's a great Um, Walt Disney impression. That was good. good. He's the ultimate cigar chomping executive. See? (laughs) We'll do it again. We've got to give the rat bigger eyes. We've got to make them find the rat cute. Sir, it's a mouse. Um, When you keep calling it a rat, that's kind of a problem. Um, I don't fucking care. Just draw draw the cartoon. (laughs) That's Watch- mine and Simon's spin-off show, uh, Walt Disney and someone else who works for Disney. Walt Disney, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
It's what he deserves, let's be real. I saw the un- unedited version of Fantasia, the original Fantasia, that has a beautiful scene with all these beautiful um, centaurs and they find their true love and they dance with flowers. Oh. And I found out the other day that the version that we've all seen has been edited to remove the racist caricature, <laughs> little servant centaurs. Oh, <laughs> no. Them get ready for their true loves. It's more recent than you'd think. Stop oh. it. Stop. <laughs> anyway, okay, something why I do we want to, to ask, crunch by the way, kittens? I was literally about to ask this. Keep ah, this aggression. I was too, hoping too you would ask that. <laughs> why do you want to squish them? Why, when you see something cute, do you want to you squeeze it? Or possibly it's eat so it? Fluffy. I feel like I want to eat it. <laughs> it's so fluffy, I'm going to die. <laughs> squeeze their cheek. Okay, so there are some theories about this. There's no, like... I haven't found anything that's very convincing proof about why we don't, why this would be. But but there's like a theory that it's about emotional regulation. And it's about when you feel one thing, sometimes you're, you express another thing. So an example might be that if you're so happy that you just start crying. Oh yeah, I do that. Um, or if you're like really scared and you start laughing somehow trying to balance these out and the idea is that um it's called cute aggression which is just what i'm like um oh yeah this this, this conflicting emotions thing is called the dimorphous expression of emotions um and potentially the idea is that if you are overwhelmed by the cuteness of the little baby you won't kill be able it. to take care of the baby. So <laughs> that sounds so you kill it. No, no. You like so you go, well, it's too cute to look after it. Cuteness aggression is not thoughts of actually wanting to harm the thing. It's just wanting to like squidge it or possibly gently gnaw at it. I was worried that you were gonna say it was to do with like you find certain things cute, but anything that's a threat to your thing that's cute. Like, is that if you find oh. your child cute, but then you're like, there can only be one. You visit nursery and you just start like punting children. And I will do it by squishing the cheeks of all the others. Yeah, the you're go for like the just... mountain on the viper. Just start, <laughs> Look at you, aren't you so cute? <laughs> Too far. Too far. But it's fine. That's not actually the case. regulating our emotions. Regulate the emotions. Control of your emotions and not crush anyone's skulls. Okay, someone in Twitch chat is now saying, "Yeet the child." And I think we need to no. stop where we're Don't going. Yeet the child. No eating children. Another example with the cuteness of not cuteness aggression, but I was like, oh yeah, this does happen. Is that you see something cute, and you go, oh, which is like a sad face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm doing a sad face. So cute. It's like I did this literally <laughs> today. There was a there was a friend of mine who's just got a puppy, and I opened a picture, and I literally out loud went, oh no. <laughs> I was like, this is too cute for me to handle. I was like, no, no. Exactly. It's too cute for you to handle. It's overwhelming you. So you need a way of regulating your emotion. It's plausible. Okay. I can get behind that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Wait. I mean, yeah. Let's talk to the person who actually has a childhood. Do you feel overwhelmed with emotion? Like, have you experienced this with your own child? He hasn't slept, poor thing. Of course he's overwhelmed with emotion. Overwhelmed with emotion. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the thing that you're forgetting is, as just from a child perspective, is like that they're super cute until they, you know, do the, some things. They do amazing things. <laughs> they Other do things they do anything. <laughs> just you just want to be like, 
I'm just going to walk out the door. I'm gone. I'm going to walk out into this miscellaneous village where I live. I'm going to keep walking until I end up in a field somewhere. But that's a really sensible reaction to a baby. Like the amount of the, yeah. the evolution leave <laughs> work has to do. Well, if you ever stop yeah. to consider it, like logically, you'd be like, this isn't, this isn't working for me. Yeah. It's not, it's Ali, not are you, okay? you, it's me. I'm out. It has to balance that out somehow, right? It has to be like, how, do, like the parents keep leaving. <laughs> they keep walking out the door. What are we so going to do? So I feel like maybe you do need that extreme sense of cuteness. Extreme cuteness. Maybe you do. But I also wonder if like, because the one thing we haven't talked about is, is wav, true wav. Well, like, wow. ha, ha, because, you know, you, you wav your child. Oh, um, wow. and it's like, what's a wav? The, the cute... Mowage! Mowage! <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's watch Pretty Spray. That is, we could watch that. Um, yeah, the true... Because you wav your child, and when you, you see them being so cute, mm-hmm. you're just like, the wav is too strong. Um, wav. So... Uh, I don't know where I'm going. The wife is too strong. It's broken Ali's brain. It, the it breaks yeah. it, that it's, you know, you, you don't even mind, you know, the horrendous shit that you're like, oh my God, what am I doing? And a lot of that is, is like, it, it, I mean, I assume, because obviously you're the only one that has a data point here, like, that there, a lot of that is. <laughs> and if genetic. one is none. That's, it's, that's it, the baby's name, by the way, sorry, data point. Yeah. Data point, um, data point know, joy blob. <laughs> because you have like biological connection, like, you know, that is your genes, there is an additional factor of. I am going to look after the knowledge that it's only the knowledge that matters, right? Like you could think it was it, but if it wasn't, it wouldn't matter. It's just the knowledge that makes it important. And but do you not think some that... species? So interesting fact: um, sheep, for example, all have their babies at the same time. Hmm. Uh, they have a much higher uh, ability to distinguish their baby from other people's babies and be like, uh, "No, I love this one." Whereas um, oh. rats was the example given tend to have babies whenever and you're, it's much easier to persuade them to take care of uh, children that aren't theirs. Right in saying oh. that sheep identify their babies by sound, by them going bah! and then they make the same bah! back. Oh. Now, I have a embarrassing story about this. So I'm not quite sure why I've brought up, but, but here we go. No. I once, so I, where my parents live, there was a field nearby and it had sheep in for a while. And one day when I was young, I put on my mum's big white woolly jumper on my hands and knees <laughs> and just crawled around the fence of the field going, meh, meh, and loads of sheep came over to me. And I then panicked because I was like, oh, no, I've tricked these sheep. And I ran away. What if they find out? What, if, what do they know? They like, oh, I'm not one of them. So um, that's, that's what I used to do. Can you tell them I'm an only child? <laughs> sheep impersonator Emily Bates there, everyone. That's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to be a druid, you see. <laughs> because I was going to say, like, I, I, yeah, again, I don't have the data point here. I just always imagine that, like, you feel that even if you weren't told it was your baby, you'd somehow know. Intuit it. No, yeah. honestly, honestly, when you're in the hospital, you're like, I'm really glad that I've been in the room this whole time because all these babies look the same. <laughs> isn't, isn't there a thing, though? I'm sure I remember this from reading it a long time ago, that babies tend people often say babies look like their dad and yeah. isn't there like the reason is evolutionary it's because you look at the baby and you go and the dad can go yeah that's mine <laughs> great and obviously the, the woman doesn't need to do that or the mother sorry doesn't need to do that like you know it came out of the uterus so, so you just had eyes on it the whole time yeah i know i know how it got there to ask that question It'd just be like yeah apart from like you know i guess right so yeah but <laughs> final final fun fact about cuteness right 
yeah, uh, cute yeah. things yeah. can give you superpowers sort of sorry so <laughs> well, oh i know where you're going with this yeah I don't. classic so, clickbait well, yeah. <laughs> right. cute things give you superpowers <laughs> i won't believe this one trick <laughs> your to dentist having... has been hiding this trick for you for parents years. hate him <laughs> Because looking at cute things triggers these brain responses, right? It makes you want to like look after the baby. It makes you alert for danger that might hurt the baby. It also genuinely makes you better at certain things if you're exposed to a cute little face. Um, so two examples I found of different papers. One where they were um, uh, just doing, um, <laughs> they were playing, they were playing um, whack-a-mole and one where they were playing operation you know we have to like not touch the electrified thing or it buzzes so basically like accuracy speed being careful um and i think in both of those papers when they'd seen cute babies cute pictures beforehand they were better at it so the whack-a-mole wasn't a little baby face coming up and then <laughs> they were like bump no okay this, just wanted to check thinking of nappy changes and just <laughs> oh, get away um <laughs> no i thought you were going to go in the direction of you, you hear these stories of like mothers whose like kids are trapped under cars oh, and they yeah. somehow are able to lift the that's car that's the only them. example that's ever given though <laughs> yeah i know what? i've never heard no. another example always uh, cars. maybe it's true but i don't know anyone <laughs> i mean from an evolutionary perspective it would make sense. It would make right? sense. It would make sense. This must have happened at one point. Only with cars. The thing is, though, isn't it just like a sheer adrenaline moment mm. of, oh, shit, my child is under a car. Mm. And you just go, and like they have that strength, but all the adrenaline just goes, use it, and you can. So you can like work at full power. Whereas if you were under a car, I'd just be like, oh, it's heavy. Oh, oh thanks, Romney. Oh, oh. Good to know. I lift the car. I lift the car off you, Emily Bates. I would. Grand lift auto. What am I saying? I would not be able to lift a car. You could, you just, instead of doing that, can you just shout for people to help lift the car? Instead of trying to. Oh, that would be better, wouldn't it? Now that you mention it, that would be more sensible. No, shout for my mum if I'm under the car. Yeah. Oh, you're under the car. Shout for Charmaine's mum anyway. If she had bigger eyes, you'd look at it and go, aww. Look, I know I've got kind of squinty eyes when I smile, but this is rude. Look, I do. Look, they go away. And then I can't I can't raise my eyebrows as we've discussed before. They're just covering the eyes. The eyes are huge. It's just the I feel like we've ripped on Bates' eyebrows for several episodes in a row. Ripping on them. I love my eyebrows. They're lovely. So can you summarize, Sharmini, what we learned today about the science of cuteness? Summarize. Yeah. Yeah. Anime characters and cartoon characters are cute because they have big eyes and look like babies, thus triggering our instinctive response to care for our young, which we've also bred into little cute little toy dog species, which now can't breathe, and also can be seen in the evolution of teddy bears and Mickey Mouse getting cuter and cuter and cuter. Cute. Weaponized cuteness. Super and and it was literally them. weaponized in the hands of Ali Jennings. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> we were like, ago. oh, they're so cute. Oh, no, they're killing us. <laughs> they tried to destroy us. They tried to destroy you. Oh, which, yeah, oh. go for it, Simon. I'm, I was, no, 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 was going to say, because oh. I mean, we're going to find out what happens after the weaponized cuteness attempted to destroy us. A few things have happened since then, but we're going to take a very quick break now just to reset and get ready um, to do some deeing and deeing. Um, deeing and deeing? Yeah, and both. Although we haven't actually seen either in this adventure, I realize we have not seen a single Maybe dungeon or have. dragon. 
I would argue the caves might have counted as a dungeon. We saw caves and a giant bird. Giant bird, yeah. Okay, yeah. Mines and eagles. And dragon. Yeah. Anyway, dungeon and dragon. We're going to play some D and D after a very quick break. Don't go anywhere. Um, we'll do. I am. We'll very quickly recap what happened in the last session. Introduce the characters, and you'll be good to go. Um, something interesting just happened, so it's a good time to join. (laughs) Right. Okay. We're back in a couple of minutes. I broke it all. Uh, No, you didn't. It's fine. It's a coincidence. Right. See you in a couple of minutes. Hello and welcome back to part two of your Dungeons and Dragons and Science for this evening. Um, we are still the RP Geeks and it's it's D&D time. It's game time. Um, we will give you a quick uh, catch up of what's gone on so far in just a minute. But first, let us introduce our characters for today. Um, so uh, I am playing Tenebris, who in D&D terms is a drow sorcerer. Um, in fact, all of our characters are humans, as our universe is said in the distant future. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Only not humans. Wrong. <laughs> we haven't actually met any more robots. Anyway, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, she's human, but from a different planet and uh, genetically modified with uh, different skills and abilities. Uh, Simon. Um, hello, uh, I'm Simon. I play Uriel. Uriel uses uh, he, they pronouns and is human, but is cybernetically enhanced. And we are rolling him in 5e terms as a dwarf. Um, specifically, he is a dwarf monk, um, as you can tell by his habit and the indispensable <laughs> strongest member of the party, <laughs> the rope belt. We're going to try and replace this thing at some point. Never. We're all going to get belts. We're going to be the belt gang because we've got a party name yet. That should be our merch. We should just make belts. Yeah. That are just ropes. Yeah, just ropes. Just 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 belts. That's a belt. Top quality. Uriel's belt. Yeah. This is a rope. 50 foot of rope. Yes, it is. And uh, the the subject of all of uh, Uriel's hopes and dreams, uh, Emily Bates, who are you playing? Uh, Hello. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Intense. Uh, I play Infinite Sky 6000, who is not a human. She is a robot. Uh, She uses she, they pronouns and is just, I I love her so much. She, sorry, I'm getting very emotional. She's cute. I think she's cute. And in 5D terms? In oh in five e terms well in five e terms she's a wood elf um, because I like the wood elf stat block and it fit really nicely with what I was trying to do with the camouflaging of the screens and things like that and she is a druid so she can wild shape and cast spells which we try and explain with science and that's fun every time and running the whole adventure is our wonderful amazing. Blendiferous Dungeon Master, Ali Jennings. Oh, that feels good, doesn't it? Um, Yes, hello, I'm the Dungeon Master. (laughs) Greetings. Um, Let me tell you just a little bit about the world and uh, what our heroes have done up to this point. So, oh, we are... We're going to do the film first. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, introduce, no, introduce yourself. Oh, the film. No, introduce oh, yourself, Ali. Introduce who are yourself. You? What do you do? Tell me. Strange bedraggled man. What's the Dungeon Master? Who are you? What's the Dungeon Master? Who is this guy? Ali and Ali. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? This guy is me, and I am the Dungeon Master. And what I do is I create the world around the players. So I've built a, a world and a universe, and they are walking around in it, discovering things, um, lots of things in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I play all the other characters, all the people that they meet, and all the monsters that they fight or befriend. I'm not going to judge. 
Um, roll, roll film. Yes. <laughs> roll film. Now. We'll get back to the now. adventures after this quick break. So, where were we? Our heroes, after having escaped from a, a mining colony uh, up in the mountains, the Mukinji Mountains of the north of this planet, Pexagantu, um, they stole a ship uh, in order to escape the vengeful rage of uh, the mine owner. And they escaped south and landed deep in the swamps uh, in this strange delta. Uh, leading out to some sort of sea coast. And they trekked through the swamp, found themselves alongside a river channel, and there they encountered some strange creatures. Um, they crept aboard a ship and they were ambushed. Some funny things happened. Uriel got turned into a slug. Tenebris had to wade across the river. Uh, and... Infinity. I like came off worse out of that. I was a frog, yeah. So. But she did kind of enjoy that, so. Yeah. Then, after having fought off these creatures, they slept. Night fell, and Infinity stood watch. And strange happenings occurred. Mm-hmm. Stars rained down from the skies. A voice spoke to her, told her that the planet itself was in danger and that she had to go to the satellites to find out what was happening. When eventually everyone woke, they were picked up from this abandoned ship by another vessel, a squat, stout canal boat barge called the Bullfrog. Piloting the Bullfrog, you met a short, dungaree-wearing woman with uh, uh, reading glasses on the tip of her nose, hair pulled back, called Jayendra. I would die for them. And with Jayendra... You may well get the chance to do this. (laughs) (laughs) You met Tobias and their two seemingly children. And off you went, down the creeks and channels, through the shifting mangroves and out into this uh, area of sea, coast. And you saw on the horizon the place where you were headed. But at that moment, you were shown a hologram, a recording that had been sent out seemingly to all the people of Mexicanto, where a figure wearing white military uniform with three black bars on their uh, chest had stood before what you imagine would have been a crowd and told everyone that this was an emergency that they would be taken care of but that security was going to be heightened and that Gunker where you had hoped to travel, now seemingly was on high alert. And before that hologram finished, 
Tenebris, you saw a face standing behind that man. A face you recognized. And as you bob slowly along the coast towards this brown smudge on the horizon, we meet our heroes. Also, I had a makeover and have really cool eyeliner. So oh yeah, really important. Very important. Really, really vital details. A lot of, lot of cool eyeliner going on. Um, <clears throat> so this was Kane who just projected it to us. Like, how? Where was he projecting? Was it like a three-dimensional hologram coming out of his arm? No, so Kane had uh, brought uh, what looked like a sort of matte black flat disc. Um, it was a little bit kind of janky, like it looked to have had various bits stuck into it. And what he'd done is plug it with a pair of wires up into um, a, a socket, like a jack uh, in the lower part of his jaw. And he's watching it. But actually, you can see, Uriel, that he's probably seen this a fair few times before and what he's really looking at is your face to try and get your reaction he seems very interested in you um, interested in his setup or the the message being displayed he's interested in you watching that oh i see what you mean right um do you get messages like this a lot i'll turn to jandra or is Jandra nearby, or is it? Jandra is uh, stood at the tiller of this boat, so right at the back, and they're all very, very short. This is a they're two, uh, three feet tall, uh, the tallest. But this little family has crowded round to watch this hologram and to watch you watching it. Um, but Jandra's always got one hand on the tiller. Um, she looks at you, and says, "You know what, dear." I can't say we do. It's a mighty strange occurrence that we get a, a message direct from the intercessor. The, the in, interse, intercessor? Intercessor? Oh, yes. Yeah, Sorry. everybody knows the intercessor. Um, that man uh, right there. She points to the frozen image of the last frame of the hologram. Right. Is, is he in He's charge? like the mayor, right? Like a super oh. mayor. In a way, a manner of speaking, he's, uh, he's the Alliance's contact here on Braxigan to He manages all things. He's the top of the tree. Right. So he would be very angry if bad things kept happening. <sighs> yes, I imagine he would. Why did you ask? Oh, just that would be sad for him. Well, it, it sounds like um, Gunk is not a very uh, fun place to be right now. Then, with all of no. the uh, restrictions. No, we should not go to there. We should go to to something port. Lansdowne port. Oh, it's, it looks so nice! I can tell already. I'm going to love it. Does it look um. like? <laughs> Uh, so you can't see too many details yet what you do see um, in the distance is um, you can see a sort of dark brown smudge on the horizon and uh, what starts to come into view is um, 
the mouth of a broad estuarine channel cutting deep back into the swamp and on the edge of it is this sort of uh, grey brown smudge um, and rising over the top of that is a cloud of what looks like smoke and smog spreading out sort of horizontally above it like a kind of wide brimmed celestial hat super beautiful uh, Constance uh, looks at you uh, Tenevis y'all y'all gonna be going to you're gonna be staying at, at Lansdowne Port uh, y'all need to look around or something where are you gonna be staying oh I guess so we're gonna stay on the boat ain't we mama that's oh. right yeah, but but you know we can we can take you around. We could show you places. You could know, like tourist. Um, do you a know if we looking... could find any? Uh, well, actually, if we, even if we could find a place to get up into uh, into orbit, is it actually safe? Are they letting people up in orbit right now? It sounds like it's kind of unsafe. Uh, well, uh, I, I think maybe I could uh, maybe I could uh, offer a thing or two about that uh, if if you don't mind my saying and. Uh, Tobias just sort of shoves his way forward a little bit and, and stands in front of you. He looks quite self-important at this point. Pushes his <laughs> um, his welder's mask back over his head and says, uh, and just pulls his uh, pulls his sleeve up ever so slightly to reveal the many watches on his wrist. He says, "Well, if I if I just check my timing correctly, uh, absolutely not. There, there ain't gonna be nothing leaving from uh, from Lansdowne Port. At least uh, nothing uh, on the books, if you know what I mean." Oh. Nothing that I don't think books. I do know what you mean, actually. Well, uh, you see, this whole area is actually a very difficult uh, area to, to lift any, uh, to get any sort of thrust, any necessary thrust. No one's going to be building a spaceport around here, you see. I mean, there's just not the infrastructure for it. There's just no way that you could do it unless right. you had a huge amount of money or materials and that. That just ain't going to happen around here. So, what we done here, we made a, a deal, you know, with the big city folks over there in the crater, and uh, we used to send all our space core materials over there to the, to the elevator, and it goes up there. Oh, the, the elevator? But, Where's that? Oh, it's in Gungadir. Oh, uh, I see. That is why we were supposed to go there. I see. So we could go to Uriel's home in the in the space. <sighs> but you know... Brief chat of opportunity. This is a, a slightly a world-building question. I don't think this actually impacts the plot, so I'm, I think I'm okay to ask this, but shoot, shoot me down if not. What latitude is Gunka at in the oh, world? Are you, is it like an equatorial... We have established in a previous D&D brief that, that space elevators need to go from somewhere near the equator yeah. to something in, what's it called, geosynchronous orbit? Yeah. So... Uh, you... So... Yeah, I don't make assumptions. Know. It's not. It's not entirely. Uh, it's not. It's not on the equator. No, it's, not, it's, it's more north of that. There's like a limit to it, but I was just curious. Like, if, is that the hottest that the planet gets? It yeah, sort of tells us a bit about the, yeah. the climate. Um, okay. Sorry. Uh, Brief chat of opportunity. You know that. I mean, looking down on it, you would have seen that for a start. Um, mm. Not that you ever did much looking. I suppose where you're yeah, from. Why would you bother? <laughs> but uh. You know, there's, there, where there's will, there's a way, and, uh, you know, we, we, we never truck with these kind of things, you know, we're just, uh, we just go from Pigeon Dell back and to front of the pod, but I hear things, and, uh, I think, uh, my lovely lady wife, she, maybe she'd know a little bit more about this, but there are, or, uh, there are people who will, uh, transport you for a price, uh, for a price, I have to say, uh, for a price, 
uh, they, they'll get you out of there. You know, they, they have their ways, their means, and it, but, but it, it, you know, it, it don't come cheap. And they ain't, uh, you know, they ain't savory people, but they'll do it for you. And they're still doing that now, even after this whole... I just, oh. I just can't believe that it's... What, what, you know, how could it not be safe to be in orbit? I, it, it... Uriel, do you think your home's safe? What oh, did it fell out of the sky? It's, when too, it's the big blast. Happened? That's definitely too far up to be affected by this. No, no, no. Martin's Bane's going to be. There's no way that Martin Bane's going to be affected by this. It's, you know, oh, you haven't seen it. It's 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 it, it, it's it's far too big. No, definitely not. But actual right. craft but not being safe. If we go up on the on the plane and then something goes funny again, then we could just fall out of the sky. I, I don't think it will. Happen again? No. Okay. Say, what? what is this jaw talking about there? Something funny? Tell us. Going up into the, the ship, into the sky, <laughs> into the sky, we were we, saying. We want to go back to Martin Spain, yeah. I'm just trying Martin to wrap my brain Spain. around it. Ma it not... I've heard it is a very lovely place. Oh, it's great. Y'all thinking about something funny happening to y'all when y'all traveling up there. What What might you be uh, considering? Oh. Well, what, what the message said where planes had fallen out of they the sky. They fell from from the sky but that's a very rare occurrence I, d I doubt it would happen again that would be statistically unlikely uh, how would y'all know that oh, I'm very clever I will trust if infinity says she's very smart yeah she's she's pretty great actually how do you know that <laughs> I just I think I do okay all right you keep your secrets and then that uh, you see uh, Uriel is uh, tapping at your at your elbow and it's Tobias saying, but listen, I, I, I just want to be clear, I've made my point here, see, you can find a way out and, and we, can, we can help you uh, meet those folk. Uh, the savory folk. For? Yes, yeah, uh, the unsavory folk, my dear, the unsavory folk. Unsavory folk. Pretty crucial difference there. Uh, you, the people you're looking for, they go by the name of, uh, of the undertow. The undertow. They'll get you where you need to be. Uh, but it ain't gonna come cheaper, I promise you that. Like, more expensive than passage on your lovely boat? Oh, I, I, I do apologize, but you know, we, we have running costs, you see. I mean, we're not just a simple... <laughs> oh, no, we don't, we don't mind. We just wondered Like, is it a lot more, more expensive than this? Oh, is it more expensive than 50 gold? Uh, he looks over to Janja, and Janja looks back and smiles at him. Yes. It's gonna be a side more expensive than that. Right. Okay, well, I mean, you know, we can... We've got funds. We can, you know, we can we can get back, I'm sure. If we did need to, um, you know, if, if we did find ourselves in Nansdam Port and we were short, um... Would you be able to help us with earning a we bit could of money? Get could jobs. We, do something for you? we could all get a job together! Oh, more, more jobs. Yes. Yes, but like a better job than the last time. No, not like a good job. I didn't, you didn't seem keen on either of the jobs you've talked about, Tenebris, so I'm just intrigued as to why you would maybe want I'm another sure one. There will, I'm sure there is something out there for me. I just have to find it, okay? There's plenty more jobs in the sea. You see, Kane, really? Kane goes up and. and leans in towards uh Zandra and goes yo you always talk telling us we gotta get jobs trying to we could we can get jobs together right? we could be a, a team say uh, you know uh, oh. uh 
Maybe all, we could, we of, could come with you. Is that, of, is that all right? All of us. Is that all right? That would um, be so cool. Red shirts. Red shirts. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yes, that sounds lovely. I have a question for Constance you. Constance claps her hands together. That's so excited. I tell you what, together. I got exactly the thing. And then she goes out the stairs. Okay. She disappears uh, downstairs. Did, did anyone notice anything at the time that they said everything went wrong? Did, did any of you notice anything? Wait, are they? Is this just us three now? No. I think only Constance went, right? To uh, Chandra and uh, Tobias share a look. Oh, I was asleep, my dear. And Tobias right. says, oh, yeah, well, you know, uh, we sleep soundly here on the water. It's one of the it's a hypnotic sedative, if you don't mind. But uh, I'll tell you what, maybe Kane? And they look over at Kane. No, I was, uh, I was asleep too, but... Uh, I did, I did see one strange thing. Some of my, some of my equipment, uh, that, uh it blew out over the over the night. I, I didn't oh. know why, but uh, I think maybe something to do with this. Well, you, you think it might have been like a uh, an EMP or something? Oh, it's, it's possible, but a, a EMP that's uh, affecting uh, you know on a planetary scale. Oh, EMP on a planetary scale. That that's just ain't gonna happen. You know, things ain't gonna fall out of the sky. You don't have to. The amount of power that you're talking about to generate something like that, and it's such a localized thing. I just say, oh yeah, but you know what? There have been stories about that happening, Paul. You know, you know, you know, listen to me, right? What have you been around as long as I have? That's an opportunity for Emily. What's an EMP? Uh, electromagnetic pulse. What's well, Golden Eye? I thought I had N. Okay, right. Yeah, that makes more sense. It's the plot of Golden Eye. Could work that out. Yeah. Or the um, weapons that the Resistance uses in the Matrix. Ah, to nice. Um, Kane, would, would you like me to take a look at your equipment and see if I can fix it or tap into it? Kane looks over at you and you can see that he's looking at you, but whereas he looked at uh, Uriel with what seemed like a kind of, almost like a, a like an older brother, that kind of looking up, that sort of, he looks at you in a little bit of awe. In fact, he's almost a little bit scared. <sighs> Yeah, well, uh, that that would be. Uh, I would. Yeah, if yes, you don't yes, mind, please. I don't. I don't want to intrude. Uh, no, no, absolutely not. Uh, uh, please come with me. And he walks down into the cabin, pushes Uriel, bathroom, You see Constance you running back me. out. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll come with you. Snebbish, you can come too. It's very short. It's the ceilings are very small. They're I'll like the four feet here, high. Well, I don't have to bend over you know, so much. I'll come with you. To use a wild shape just to make myself smaller. <laughs> Uriel, you rude. could probably fit in. Uh, I think, um, Infinity, you're almost seven feet tall, aren't you? No, like six foot tall. That's almost still... seven. Okay, fine. <laughs> you could crawl. Mm. I'll start crawling, and then if it gets, if I get stuck, I'll wild shape to get up. Okay, you follow, uh, f uh, follow, Kyan, uh in to the into the boat. You see on either side of you. Uh, you see uh, sort of um, chrome um, fittings, they're quite old but well buffed. You see um, polished wooden surfaces, um, a, a sofa on either side. You see a little galleyway in which uh, the oven is on and there's a kettle boiling on the, on the hob. A little way along, down uh, through the cabin, you see a wooden door on one side, leading to another smaller kind of room. Um, Kane beckons you towards it. Come, come here, come sure. here. And at which point the door bursts open and out comes Constance saying, Oh, I've, look, I found it. I found it. I, I'm going to look absolutely 
absolutely amazing. And you know what the best thing about this is? This will protect me as well because, you know, a lady's got to take precautions. And I'm not above getting into a fist fight to protect what's mine, you know what I mean? And she's wearing, uh, she's taking off this kind of gauzy uh, leather jacket. And what she's wearing is, um, she's wearing a, a, like a hipster shirt. You know, one of those ones which has the top button of the collar done up. <laughs> But it's yeah. chain, so it's for, it's like flakes, like fish scale flakes. Whoa! Badass. She's so cool though. She's so, so cool. Just, but you can see that it's a little bit too big for her. So actually, the oh. cuffs come down to about halfway down her hands. Oh. At the bottom of the hand comes down to just sort of halfway down her thighs. But she's made a kind of really good attempt at hitching it up and sort of shaping it so it looks right. And she's she's pulling it off. She's the best. But you look. Where wonderful. are y'all going? Oh. We're just, uh, we're just going to uh, Kane's equipment to see if we can fix it. Oh, Kane, why are you showing them that? It's so, it's so boring. Do you think they ain't interested in that? And there might be some interesting data we can glean from it. Yeah. And, and then maybe you can show us some more of your clothes because that shirt's amazing. I gotta get some out. Maybe I found, maybe I found one with a fit. You, let me have a look. If, if you can, that would be impressive. <laughs> and she starts walking towards the back of the back of the boat. Um, you, Kane opens the door and you look inside and what you see is a very small room. So uh, one bunk bed and the bottom space where the bunk was has been taken out and there's a sort of desk there, like a low-lying uh, wooden desk. And on it are all sorts of bits of crap. Looks like crap. But it's lots and lots of kind of... Uh, broken bits of machinery, bits of uh, wire, there's um, some screens you can see that have been cracked and sort of reassembled somewhat, bits of chips, um, that kind of, uh, bits of inside of computers, they've been laid out, some of them, there's some space that's been cleared on the worktop where different pieces have been laid out in what looks like a specific order, uh, and you can see a soldering iron and um, tools placed out, and Kane opens it and sort of ushers you in looking at you uriel just trying to read you for any sign oh, uriel is like so not not overwhelmed but this is like huge kind of what's the right word i'm looking for here it's not nostalgia it's kind of it's nostalgia tinged with sadness like it's remembering something but missing it at the same time so it's kind of looking around and appreciating it and seeing like this, you know, it almost looks like he's regretting. It's very hard to try and describe. Articulation. <laughs> Just sort of looking around and being like, oh wow, this is, oh, you're, 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 I, I like your quarters. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I like to keep my work uh, always on the go. I'm always thinking about it. You, you know, you, yeah. you do this, must do the same. And, and and you sorted out the soldering irons by temperature, I'm assuming. That's that's the way I used to do it. Oh, yeah, a absolutely. And my ma, she says I'm not to keep the really hot one on, but, you know, in the middle of the night, there ain't nowhere to stop you. And some of the things you got to do when you're melding uh, semiconductors in, there ain't no way. you got to do a quick shot, and then it's got to be and done. Otherwise, understand. the whole thing's going to be pointless. <laughs> Infinity's, as they're doing this, just going to go over and start, like, looking at the different uh, pieces of equipment. Oh, Are you yeah. looking for anything in particular? Um, Anything that looks broken. It, a lot of it looks broken. Okay. Does anything look like it's sort of blown out and has... Right. Um, you see, you sort of go over and uh, uh, Kane 
sees you go over and, and comes over and says, Oh, uh, yes, of course. Uh, uh, let, let me find you the pieces that, that uh, you're looking for. And sure. he sort of starts rooting around, takes out drawers, these little kind of wooden drawers. He pulls one out. And you can see that the drawers themselves, they're clearly not in the same uh, style as the rest of the boat. Like, the drawers are kind of plasticky. They look like they've come from maybe, I don't know, some, like an office somewhere. And then as you look around, you realize that a lot of what's in here appears to have been salvaged and has just been sort of built up for use rather than how it looks. Okay. So he pours through the drawers, pulling bits out. <laughs> Take this. And he holds it out to you. See this? This is a, a, a GPS guy. Well, you, you know what it is. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you both know what it is, but, uh, you know, I, I, I made it. It's my GPS guidance system, and, I, you know, we use it for... for uh, locating where the different uh, mangrove islands going to be uh, over time. Oh. Uh, this this completely uh, really completely destroyed. Uh, there ain't no way, way back for this, and it's, it's burnt out. You see, total burnout. And you know what the, the the strangest thing is? This thing ain't weren't attached to no battery. What was it running on? Well, you can attach it to a battery if y'all want to speak to the satellites to you know find out exactly where y'all are. But uh, it ain't uh, you know when it's when it's not working, the battery power's limited out here. Do you have a cached output for it, or like an output stored somewhere, or is it just instantaneous? It gives you the position. No, you know, uh, you know, we don't. I, I don't use chips or anything to store that kind of information. At least not from this sort of data. What about I did do though? You can see here, and he pulls out a, a circuit board that he's been making, right? And it's very gigantic. There's nothing pretty about this. But you, you will instantly see that this is a computer, right? A reasonable computer that could reasonably store information. He says, this is my, this is my notebook. I, I, I use this to store my ideas when I'm not, not working. And, you know, obviously I can, I can plug it in, right? And if I, if I form the image strong enough, uh, it's going to imprint on those circuit boards, right? So well, I just keep pictures of what I'm thinking and, you know, so I don't forget. But uh, this is uh, absolutely fine. Ain't no problem with this. So it's the GPS. That's right. I, um, and I do believe, if y'all had asked me that uh, maybe that was... Why they had them problems up there? I mean, uh, if it's a positional system, and uh, you know, who's to say what's happening to all those uh, those spaceships? But you said that you know this this GPS is burned out, like it received almost too much information all at once. Well, yeah, or, or somehow there was a, a transference of power, but uh, like I said, it ain't plugged in. Can I try and reactivate it somehow? Yeah, make a uh, make a, a straight intelligence check. Oh. Uriel, what do you think about this? Would you like to help me? Yeah, <laughs> hang on, I'll, I'll I actually give you never a go. really. Yeah, I've never really. Uh, right, cool. Oh, that is a eighteen. Whoa! Whoa! He's smart. Um, you look at the uh, makings, the design of this circuit board. It's basically a, a set of simple circuit boards attached in a certain way with antennas designed to point out at uh, different satellites that are nearby enough and also um, receiving dishes to basically uh, uh, place the, the radars in the correct, not the radar, to place the antenna in the correct place to read uh, the information from the GPS satellites. What you see is that all the mechanical parts of this device are fine and 
what has been blown out is um, the information processing. It's a very small chip, right? But it's the single chip which basically uh, collates all the different information coming from the different satellites and uses that to compute the final position on Brex again too. And what's happened is that that has basically melted. So th there's no way back. Okay. While this is happening, Tenebris, you're up on deck. Um, at this point, Tobias has uh, gone back over. If you'll excuse me, my dear, I have a, a number of things I should attend to. Uh, I, I will be back, I, I'll show you. He's gone back down and said, um, and you're left alone on deck with Janja, who's looking out uh, over the sea and looking over this kind of soft blue water, rippling barely any waves. As you come closer and closer to this town and buildings and elements start coming into view and materializing. Is there anything you want to do? Andra, do you have anything that you like take when your head hurts to make your head stop hurting? Getting drugs! <laughs> That's an interesting question. I assume, uh, Y'all mean liquor? Oh, I didn't mean liquor. Does liquor cure headaches? I did not know that. Well, for a while. Oh. Uh, do you have any liquor I could buy, please? I have a headache. I'll go you one better. She reaches down to beside her uh, and she picks up her flask uh, and hands it over to you. You know? Yeah, some of these voyages, they sure are long. Okay, how much do you have to take to, to work? She looks you up and down. <laughs> Maybe uh, a good couple of slugs, I would have said. Swigs, dear. A couple of you've, big swigs. Okay, you've only eaten a good berry, which I don't know how... We haven't, because we're going to do that as a D&D &D brief. So you could have, like, basically nothing in your stomach right now. <laughs> The first thing is it, it stinks. It's like fire water. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it Does that mean it's working? Coats the back of your throat. You feel <sighs> um, suddenly you can only breathe in short, sharp gasps for a little bit as the pain as it runs its way fiery down your esophagus. Uh, uh, and ah. then as it leaves, you get some notes, this sort of um, uh, the vapors riding off it. It smells a little bit of plums. Like um, some things that you might have smelled as you walk through the swamps, little fruits, sort of purplish fruits hanging off some of the trees. It smells a little bit of those, of the, uh, uh, of the scent coming off those flowers. As you drink, Janja taps you on the, on the hip. <laughs> There's a good girl. Now tell me. No, that's what that was. That was that was for. Like I didn't really drink much at home. Like my parents didn't drink much, and I didn't drink much. And like, oh, hi. Where are y'all from, dear? Oh, I am from. Do you know? Do you know Vesper? I can't say that I do. No one knows it here. I kind of miss it a bit, you know. How is it far away? Yeah, it's really far. It's like a different planet. Different planet, you say? Yeah. What's it like? It's so nice. Like, 
Um, it is like warm and like rocky, and you have all of these warm rivers going everywhere, and then you have like fields of mushrooms, different kinds that you can grow, and animals and people. Nice. And there's no uh, sun, obviously. No sun? Oh dear, and, huh? you can live like that. Yeah, the sun is really bright on this planet, and I guess, like, no one else minds, but, like, for me, it's, like, a lot, and it's always just, like, shining in my eyes, you know? Which is fine, but no one, no one gets it, you know? No, one's, no one gets it when I'm, like, oh, why is your sun so bright? They're, like, oh, you're weird, because we all like sun, and, and like, no one, you know, understands. I thought when I was at home, I was like, oh, no one understands me here. And then I left and I was like, oh, no, really? Now no one understands me because now I'm from literally a different planet. She takes your hand in her hands and leaves the tiller and the boat's just driving itself slowly towards the city. She looks up at you straight in the eyes and you can see she has a piercing gaze, like light brown hazel eyes, but they look directly at you, never changing direction, barely blinking. You know, we all feel alone. And we all are alone. The only time you don't feel alone is when you're happy being alone. You're right back, I'm gonna go cry. I'm kind of never alone, which is kind of nice. But it's not the same as, you know, people getting you. But actually, um, you know my friends, uh, Infinity and Uriel? Uh, they're really cool. I never had, like, best friends before, so... We're gonna go and, like, live together and get jobs together. It's gonna be great. We're going to go live in space. She releases your hand, pats you on the arm. Am I glad to hear that, darling? As that's happening, down below decks, Uriel, Infinity. Do you think, Uriel, do you think it would be a bad idea if I tried to plug this into myself? Uh, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? It could explode and hurt me, kill me. I could turn off forever. Well, no, I mean, you said that there's no cache memory in there, so it's not like going to be any information flow. True. But you can get a sense of how functional it is at the very least. It answers probably not at all. Okay. Yeah, I, t I tried it. I mean, you know, I don't have obviously the functionality you have, but uh, uh, I plugged it into my simple senses and, it, you know, I can't, I can't connect. There ain't no network connection there for it. Right. Can I look around to see if there's anything around Kane's quarters that would have an output that would be usable so that could... You know, like a seismograph, or that that kind of temporal output. From an investigation check. Investigation. Uh, wow, just this character, man. Uh, that's a seven. It's not the character; it's your rolling. <laughs> um, you start to delve into this uh, sort of cornucopia of different half-thought-out inventions. Um, some sort of bits of. Uh, Kit, there's you can find bits of like notebooks filled with what looks like code, um, but then crossed out, scribbled out at the end, like written, and you see underneath it, no, no, that ain't it. Uh, and you're searching for 
something that will give you a hint as to what happened at 2.38 this morning. But the only clues that you can see are from the bits of equipment that he's brought out to show you, and the only thing that's happened with them seems to be that the computational elements of them have burnt out. But his computer's okay. Yes. So his, his notebook. Yeah. Could we... Would you mind if we looked at... Is your notebook just stuff you've inputted, or would it have data from around the time that everything went wrong? Uh, it's a... It's a, It's just a, a thought pad, you know, and it's it just private. takes an imprint. You don't want to look at what's probably on that. It's, it, that's a, I that's see, a, now uh, I do. See, now you've said that. I, I have this urge uh, to do that. From experience, Infinity, you do not want to look at the contents of a personal pad like that. Kane has gone bright red. What? What are you feeling right now? I don't recognize it. Uh, 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 nothing, nothing at all. I feel anything. Uh, the kind of stuff that a uh, a young technologist um, looks at and comes up with in their, in their, in their time at this age is um, it's it's a lot of inventions. It's very personal stuff. Oh, what did I, you come up with? Uh, uh, no, I just I understand totally, uh, Kane. It's it's something that we'd rather kind of keep to ourselves. Um, I would like to see. It sounds interesting. It's, it's kind of a guy thing. He nods. A guy thing. It's a, yeah, it, it, I, I'll explain to you one day. It's now's not now's not the time. We've got to try and solve what's happening here. Um, okay. I'm going to try and plug the GPS into me and see if I can reactivate its sensors and things. Uh, you you plug it in to one of your many ports. Um, <laughs> But it's it's as though you plugged in a stone. There's just nothing there. Okay. Well, this is useless now. At this point, the door bursts open, uh, and in comes Constance. Hey, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so so sorry. I, I searched. I looked through Mom's clothes. Oh. I looked through Daddy's clothes. I couldn't. But I no, did. it's fine. I'm very tall. Have you noticed? I'm crawling. I did. I did notice that. I mean, look, you look great, but Thanks. I did find this. <laughs> and she takes out. Uh, she holds up um, a friendship bracelet. <gasps> Says, "I've been making it for a, a while, but uh, I wondered if maybe your your friend, your friend, your friend might like it. She could hold on to it for y'all three. I only got one, but if one of us, one of you, y'all takes what? it, then you know, y'all could be her, maybe. What is it? What kind of functionality does it have?" It's very pretty. Functionality? No, Uriel, I don't think it's a computer. Oh, what? It looks beautiful. Yeah, that's it. That's its functionality. It's a a good luck charm. It brings you good luck. You know what? And she leans in conspiratorially to you, Infinity. I meet meet the spirit of the, the grandmother with this. I seen her. Sorry, who is who is that? The grandmother? Y'all don't know her? Do do I have any knowledge of the grandmother? In any of my uh, roll a history check. Sixteen? Sixteen? Yeah. You personally do not know. Oh. However, you do understand the cadence of her voice and the way she's talking about this then what she's talking about it seems is some kind of spirit or deity it is that kind of 
association she's giving it. Would you... Would you tell me more? About the grandmother? I'm afraid I don't know very much. Well, you know, I mean, what's there to say? She's the... She's the one who keeps the hearth going. She's the one who, who gives out wisdom. She, uh, she's the one who knows the old tales, you know, the old wives tales. She can spin a yarn. She can, uh, she can tell you what you need and where you're headed. She looks deep in your heart. Uh, you know, I, I've seen the farm. I've seen the fishing, man. I, I've seen some of the, you know, I've seen the great trees. But I, for me, it's the grandmother. She's the one who talks to me, you know. And you, you hear behind him, <laughs> that ain't there. You know, a bit, and and uh, Kane nudges you. You're all, it's the blacksmith in it. That's the, that's who we talk to. Well, I mean, that's one way of looking at it. Uh, yeah. there's, there's differences that, that between us, Kane. This is so fascinating. I've. He looks really bruised by that. You're real. Oh, we are not the same. That was he just sort of shrinks a oh. bit. Breaking in. <laughs> God. Um, I. Do you know a lot about all these gods? Well, you know it. I, I, I'm too young to to have any real understanding of the spirits and, and what they do. But if it you know, helps, I'm, I'm, I think I'm too old. No. Y'all ain't old, Joe. I'm very old. Y'all must be timeless with a body like that. Well, thank you. But, uh, no, sorry. <laughs> I have never <laughs> once seen somebody who is so attractive that I'm gone, you must be timeless. You must be timeless. Well, <laughs> with a body like that. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, I'm a robot, so I've just been around for a long time. Right. Maybe before the gods. She looks at you kind of uncomprehending. Very self-righteous, my oh. god. Accurate. Oh. <laughs> um, at which point, back upstairs, Tenebris, um, you've been getting closer and closer to this city, this town. And you see, it's not a city, it's a town. Lansdowne Port's not big enough to be a city. And as you approach it, with the engine sputtering beneath you, You see long piers, gangways, and jetties pushing out into the water. And these are huge. They're wide. They go on for what looks like half a mile. Vast jetties. And you see around them sprouting up out of the water cranes and gantries. Um, but they, they're often at odd angles. They kind of look a little bit unstable, and as you watch, you can swear that one of them just wobbles a little bit. And as you come closer, and the bullfrog starts to approach, uh, makes its way to the approach towards what you can see as a harbour, you see that the jetties are part sunken. Some of them are sliding down underneath the waterline um, into the sea around them. At that point, Janja behind you goes, Hey! Everybody on deck! We coming close now! 
and uh, up comes Tobias. Uh, he's taken off his, his welding mask now, and you can see that underneath um, his sort of protective welding gear, he's actually got a, a white shirt on and actually quite a smart pair of trousers, a little pot belly. Um, and uh, Tobias and Constance, uh, Uriel and Infinity, they say, oh, I'm so sorry, we, I think we, we got to go now. We must be approaching the part. That's, that's okay. Um, do you want to bring the uh, your... Sorry, did you call it a bracelet? Or have I just made that word up because you didn't actually say it yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, indeed. It's, Do you want it's to bring a... it up? Tenebris would love it, I'm sure. Do you think? Absolutely. I'm so glad. I'll do that right away. Uh, everybody comes up on decks and, and you realise, Tenebris, that uh, Constance is standing quite close to you, next to you, looking <laughs> up at you, but sort of also seemingly paying attention on Jandra as Jandra starts giving out orders about how to dock the boat. Oh, no. Your new shirt is super cool. <laughs> and she, she whispered, I got it from Amos at the pond. I, I can show you. Shopping episode. Shopping episode. <laughs> As you all come closer, you see... Uh, these jetties, uh, Uriel and Infinity, and behind them you see a waterfront of battered industrial-looking buildings, kind of warehouses and, and dry docks. And you see far to your right the mouth of the channel, this massive estuary on which this, uh, the town is built. And near there you see smoking stacks rising into the sky. And you can smell burning coke and oil drifting in on the breeze and um, the offshore breeze as the land cools down and by now we've approached the evening you've been traveling all day and um, the sun is slanting in across the water um, in the, yeah i was gonna say it's tobias on deck well, to, tobias is on deck but yeah. the family now have spread out uh, across um, one side of the boat one of them and um, constance is holding a fender which is a sort of like protective kind of pillow that stops the boat from damaging itself <laughs> yeah and uh, uh, and kane has a, a boat hook and um, with a rope on one end and you can see that um, tobias is making his way to the front of the boat but he's easily within shouting distance oh no i wanted to um <laughs> this isn't something to shout <laughs> i want to sort of mo i want to mosey on over um and um ask so um tobias if we if we wanted to um talk to the uh, the undertow um, where do we where do we go in the port? Hmm. Uh, you know, and he looks a little bit shamefaced. I uh, I, I don't really know. Y'all have to ask Jandra about that. All right. No worries. <laughs> the bullfrog makes them, its them. way towards one of these jetties you see on the far right towards where the channel is um, half hit by um, the sideways beams of the golden sun setting uh, a massive cargo ship lit gold and then from underneath you you hear a low rasping creak and you see just a slight vibration on the surface of the water, almost like a 
like a ripple passing through it. Looking out to shore, as the boat pulls up against the dock, you see silhouettes of what look like vast bones rising out of the water at odd angles. And then you realise that actually it's not skeletons, it's the rusted remnants of ships and tankers come to rest on the various mud banks and reefs out in the uh, in the sea is it safe? safe to more? absolutely my dear we've done this every month of every year since we live here okay and Janja calls out oh and you see Tobias nimbly jump over uh, the stanchions on the side of the boat and leap over the two meter distance landing on the on the dock Whoa. and run tick, 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 skitter his way towards a cleat where he ties the boat on oh and now and now Kane and uh, Kane reaches out with a boat hook um, and pulls the rope around another uh, bollard and uh, Tobias and Kane pull taut on the ropes and the ship pulls its way and attaches itself to the side of the jetty and you are moored. Wow. That was very good. <clears throat> it's a little bit uh, different in two dimensions. I've got to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, take skill out of the way, I suppose. Absolutely. You're sat now against one of the shorter pontoons but it's still massive it's broad it's got concrete decking on it um, and you can see it's essentially the the size of like a three-lane motorway um, and on either side there's vessels along it and they're, they're small ones they seem to be vessels like this one this kind of barge a little bit bigger in some cases but generally that is some fishing skiffs schooners and you can see out in the bay also other fishing boats starting to make their way in at this time of the evening um, running up the middle of this pontoon are stalls and shacks and uh, looks like little kind of um, uh, market stalls. A hodgepodge of kind of traders that appear to have just set up shop in the middle of this pontoon. There's tackle shops, there's some sort of food trading, you can see bits and bobs being sold. Uh, and there's what also looks like people sat in a row. Um, just alongside the side of the pontoon, people looking for work, like day fishermen, or people um, setting up and getting ready to go out for the night haul when some of the fish come, or the squid come up to the surface of the waters. Shall we get dinner? I mean, your berries were great, but you know, I could eat. Technically, um, I don't think you need to, but, uh, but I okay. could, you know, I just, <laughs> I'm just saying I don't have to, but like, I really could. Okay. Is Jandra doing anything? particularly busy looking. Yes, Janja has, as soon as the boat is moored up, Janja has jumped off the side and is starting to supervise all the, the family tying the ropes up and tying the... Oh, we should, we should the help, frog up. actually. Yeah, okay, we'll we go help. Yeah. Can, can we help you? No, that's, that's, that's fine. You know, just, best, you actually. stay right there. Sorry <laughs> <laughs> for the best, yep. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, uh, Janja, if we, um, want to, like, try and do this subtly, like, if we if we want to change is is literally just sort of like moving back to forth between the ropes, <laughs> just tying up ropes. If we wanted to talk to the undertow, who should we talk to? Shh. 
Shut your voice up, child. Jeez. Well, I tried, but you kept moving. <laughs> Y'all want to talk to them folk? Y'all need to find one of them. Now, I ain't never certain where they'll be any given time, but one thing I can suggest. Y'all might want to try the lobster pot. Late night. Sometimes you'll find them there. Is that like a um, place to eat, place to stay? <laughs> y'all won't be staying there unless you've done something very, very wrong. But I believe they do serve food, or at least have done. Should we go there now? It sounds fun. Cafe slash jail. Wait, wait. Jandra, did you mean it when, when you said we can all get jobs together here? And like hang out together? Listen, sweetie. I appreciate your company. I appreciate your coin. What y'all do now, that's your own good time. If, if we did want to get some more money and maybe find a job, where might we go? Well, you see, we we ain't from here. I mean, Tobias, he's from here originally, but we've been 20 years out of the, the park living. We just bring in, we sell, we leave. If it was me, I would start out with finding your contact. Maybe they can give you some better direction. Uh, how long are you going to be around in um, in Lansdowne Port? When do you leave? Oh, we'll be here. Uh, well, we'll be here at least until uh, the festival. Huh? Uh, fe festival. Festival. Oh yeah. Oh, your folk ain't from around here at all, are you? It's the Jour des Sorciers. The... Can you say that again? <laughs> Well, I do apologize for my accent. I ain't from the <laughs> home countries, but. That's fine. The Jour des Sorciers. I'm guessing everyone. <laughs> everyone else written Sorcier. It sounds like a um, like a loan phrase. Jour des Sorciers. A loan phrase, yes. And, and or what is it, that? Or is if that it is translated, etymology <laughs> very brief, corner look. If you borrow a whole phrase, it's a it's a it's a, like a, bo a loan phrase. If you translate it word for word, I think it becomes a calc. C a l q u e. Ooh. I thought that was like a like a like a plaque or something on your teeth. So it's like dish of the day. It's like um a calc because it's originally like plat de jour. Yeah, becomes dish of the day. Or there's like um Wednesday. I think was originally like Odin's day. Then it sort of gets translated into English. Yeah, that, that's an example. Etymology corner over. Oh, yes. when is this I'm festival? Always sad when I leave etymology corner. Uh, the festival is in not but three days now. On the third day from now, y'all have tomorrow, the day after, and then it's here. Do you How think we would enjoy it? <sighs> Ain't no one alive who don't enjoy that festival, sweetie. And then you see that Constance has been sort of hanging around me, trying to say, Mark, can we go? Can we go this year? Oh, please, Mark, come on. I'm 15. I'm 15. Why can I? She's reading all these expressions, basically. Chandra uh, appears to be kind of expressionist. Y'all can't do this to me, Mark. I, I 
am ready. I am ready to go to the Jour de Saucy. Oh, that is enough. That is enough. We have talked about this. You will go when you are old enough. I've never been to a festival at all, so. Oh. I would like to go. How do you celebrate it? Is this like a kind of fighting festival? Is this like an eating festival? Like a shit leaving harbour kind of festival? <sighs> Sacrificial burning festival? She hops up onto the deck and she goes and retrieves the bottle that uh, Tenebris, you saw, uh, you drank from earlier. Um, and she leans up against the side of the boat and she is basically just tall enough to make it like almost like a little wall she's leaning against but for you guys if you tried to do that you would just fall straight backwards <laughs> over Tobias yeah I remember the first time we went to the festival the Jodi Saucier I remember every time I did when we met Saucier how could I forget sit down and she hands you the bottle I Y'all are my strange, if y'all don't mind me saying. Y'all come here to the port, you don't seem to know nothing. But, uh, I'm ashamed to say I like you, and I don't know why. So listen here. Here in the port, uh, we have our ways of doing things. Now, This is a, a wild place. Emotions run hot here. And we express them, and you'll find that when you go into Old Town, you'll hear plenty of it. But part of the reason that is, is this is a place of magic. There are spirits living here. There are spirits living all over this place. Where we come from, out there, she points out, Towards where the golden sun is slanting rays across the calm, say, towards where the bones of these old ships are rising out of the water. There are spirits all over this land. We embrace that. Ain't no one can tell us who we talk to, who we commune with. Jeu de Sancier is merely a celebration of our spirit, the wildness inside all of us. Y'all see it. You just be here. Three days dance. Wait, I, I don't understand. Who made the spirits? Like what, you know, what vessel are they in? The spirits. <laughs> You're a, you sure are a funny one. Spirits are everywhere. They suffuse this whole nation. They come from all around us. They have great power. They're minds. Y'all ever hear of, uh... Yes? No, no, you go on. Y'all ever hear of a traveler? Traveler's just a... A rumor in many places, but for us, the traveler's real. It's a mind that comes and goes to seen all over this world. If you invite the traveler into your home, you better be ready. Because they're going to bring you knowledge that you ain't ever dreamed of. You invite the traveler into yourself. You could see things no human eyes ever seen. If you're strong enough. And you can we see that as she's saying this, she's almost unfocused on you. She seems to be 
Maybe living some sort of past memory. Wait, you mean, you mean like it's... Uh... Are, you, are you talking about a ship that comes here? I don't know, so I won't be able to explain it to y'all, but... This. Y'all find someone you trust. Come the jour des sorciers, y'all open your minds, you know. You'll find who you're looking for. Drink up. This is like um this is the evening, right? And we were told um the lobster pot was the place to go kind of <coughs> late at night. That's so, right, yeah. Get stuff. Um or... Jandra, is the great trees are they one of the spirits you're speaking of? Yeah, indeed. Oh, they don't talk so much no more, but... You know, when I was young and out there... I met one. You did? We met trees, actually, on the way here. She just ignores you. You know... When y'all are close to them, y'all can feel their presence, but it's a mind like nothing else I've ever known. So slow. Like talking to the earth itself. Feeling down the movement of water, feeling the wind in your hair. I don't have hair. Well, whatever you call that, they're your sort of aerial or whatnot. It is an aerial. That's very good. Yes. Um, they sound wonderful. They are. I hope you have the chance to meet one one day. That would be nice. Aerial is looking very confused. <laughs> Tenebris, are you, are you alright? Tenebris. Hello. Your eyes look funny. I'm great. Why are you swaying? I'm not swaying. You, no, you are. Oh, yeah, look, I'm actually... standing very still. Feel still <laughs> I mean, the boat was previously moving. Maybe you, your, your inertial system's compensating for the motion that's not there Maybe. anymore. Yeah, it's that. This is definitely that. I love these people so much and I want to live oh. with them forever. For forever? <laughs> well, uh, that may be incompatible with going to orbit, so... Should we... Should we go to the lobster pot? Okay. That sounds fun. <laughs> the fear! The fear! I have been there so many times when so okay. like you're a little bit far gone. So you're like, should we go to somewhere? And you're like, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> what is happening? Social so anxiety. You're drunk now. The other two, have you drunk enough of that? I have not, not drunk enough. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't think you drank anything. Um, the last part ain't going to be open right now. Oh. Your best, give it a few hours. But sure, you'll find places to amuse yourselves. Well, we can what go and recommend? have a look. Well. You could go much, can't go wrong with Old Town now, can you? That sounds nice. We can Just have a look there. around, try and find somewhere to get some uh, some work, maybe. Um, you know, sure. well, we find something to, know, to do for two days. Enjoy the planet while we're still on the planet. No, I mean, 
we're going to try and find a way to make the pass the time pass as fast as possible. By enjoying because we're still stuck on the planet. Well, yeah. Listen, y'all come back here to the docks when the moon's in the sky. Y'all should find a lobster pot. It'll be uh, <laughs> floating. The moon is um, always in in the sky, technically. Which moon? There's more than one. What the they both are always in the, in the sky. Sea. If they weren't in the sky, that would be bad. You know what? I see I'm going to have to be a mite more specific in my <laughs> directions. When Lahubalius comes up over the edge of the yeah. water, yeah. then <laughs> what y'all should find underneath some of these pontoons, underneath one of them in the shadows, y'all find sneaking around the lobster pot. Y'all look hard enough. Okay. Sneaking under the pontoons. Tide comes out. That's where you'll find it. Oh. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking us here, Jadra. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll see you again. Um, I don't think we're going to be going anywhere till the festival. So yes. hopefully we'll, we'll see you a little bit later on. And, um, you know, maybe if, if you think that, uh, that Kane and Constance could, uh, could you know, do some work then maybe we can come back and um give them a hand too you know the more of us the more effective we're probably going to be kind of hear it well maybe i'll see y'all later and she goes off to busy herself with the ship snebra should we go for a walk i think you need some fresh air come on <laughs> just... who made the tea infinity who's the tea i just think the tea i think constance made the tea as you start to as you start to move away from the ship, um, Tenebris, you feel a tugging on your arm. Uh, oh, you're small. And it's God, it's small. Constance. <laughs> you're so small. Tenebris, Tenebris. Your friend said maybe you would uh, you you might like. And she's not. She's, she can't make eye contact, and she's sort of holding this something in her hand. And then she holds it up to you. Perhaps, perhaps y'all could uh, maybe accessorize. What? What do I have to do? She what has a I present do? for you, Tenebris. A present? Is that really a present for me? And she holds out a, a, a woven bracelet made of um, material uh, which is of different colors. It's a kind of like a dull yellow, like an ochre, with strands of um, deep red maroon like running through it. Uh, and on top of that, kind of russet brown. It's like an autumnal flavor of bracelet. You got, you got me a present? Just so you, you don't, y'all don't forget us. I think she made it. You made it. Don't cry, Tenebris, no. Oh no, okay. You have made Tenebris cry now, so um, I'll just sort of pat Tenebris. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then she reaches out, she gives you a hug. She sort of hugs you around the waist. Is um, is Kane on the deck at the same time? Kane is um on the deck, sort of tr trying to look as though he's tying a knot, but just looking at you really, and from you to infinity, and then very slowly tying and untying this knot. Um. Look, uh, Kane. Before we go, um, I just wanted to say that um. You know, you you might be looking at 
Oh, I'm no good at this people stuff. Look, you're going to find your path eventually, okay? And I'm going to, like, gonna twiddle, uh, like, the Allen key around, like, my hands. And just be like, look, you... Just, just look. Look at what the machine can do for you. And... You, you'll, you'll find a way, okay? You, you, you've got a good head on you, and you're going to see the truth eventually. Maybe... Maybe you could help me. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm not much of a... You cannot adopt uh, children. <laughs> I'm not much of an advisor, but I can give you some... I can point you in there. Just, um... The next time that you're looking up at the stars and you see one of the void ships, just picture yourself as one. See what the machine can do. And just imagine what it would be to leave behind all of this, and all of this, this, this stink, and, and the he's like kind of holding his the skin, his flesh, and like, and all all of your your limitations. Just dream. Just promise me you're gonna dream. Roll it in such a. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Ariel's super insightful. That's a... Jesus Christ, I forgot I put that as a... Ta uh, that's a nine. <laughs> uh, he's definitely taking it all in. Um, but he, he's looking down, so it's quite difficult to see his face and exactly what he's thinking. But you can see that he nods a little bit. Um, hmm. Just, I'm going to take one of the tiny... Allen keys off, like one of the really small ones, and just give it to him, and be like, just think what it can unlock. Think what it can do. And kind of put it in his palm, with with the metal hand. It's quite big in his hand. Like it, it, it's, suddenly you see how small his hand is compared to yours, and it sort of comes off the edge of the palm. Um, but he looks down at it, and then he manipulates it in both hands, looking at it from all sides and then he looks up to you and and his face isn't comprehension so much as faith I, I will Th thank you sir I'm gonna walk he was gonna spin and disembark you three walk out onto this pontoon, this jetty. You leave the bullfrog behind you. Make a quick note, you know where it is. You could come back there should you wish. Um, and Maybe you not Snapris. Tinebris, <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you, you've taken the bracelet, I assume. You haven't just... No, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Don't like it. Uh, <laughs> staggering along with Infinity, but looking at it. I'll support Tinebris um, as she walks. As you walk down uh, these jetties, you see in front of you the waterfront, and what you also see on either side of the jetties, that they're supported on these great steel crab-like legs. That all the jetties seem to have them looking across the different pontoons. They all have these kind of huge um, uh, crustacean-like legs. And as you're walking, you see one or two of them very slowly raising 
and shifting position. I don't like that. In the shadows. Chris. Can I, can, can you all, like, see, is there a clear, um, like, administrative building? Is there, is there somewhere that has, like, satellite dishes that would be receiving information in Lansdowne Hall? Uh, roll a, a perception check. Now, the question is, can Uriel roll in double digits for the first time tonight? Yeah. He does! Yeah! Uh, was it a perception, did you say? Hmm. Um, that is uh, 16. 16. Um, looking at the waterfront, what you see are these dilapidated old buildings, these warehouses. There's no obvious dishes there. Um, you do see on some of the larger vessels moored on this pontoon and certainly in some of the really big container ships that you can see further down um, you see uh, uh, dishes coming off them for sure um, what you do see uh, in the on the land right on the, the waterfront are cables cables running across the front of buildings cables spidering their way over the roofs and down towards surface level um, and into the roads and all that. Um, so there are cables. Depending on what you're looking for, the cables maybe are going to be of more use to you than the uh, dishes themselves. Okay. Uh, where do all the cables lead to? It's not like they all lead to one specific place. They're just sort of draped across the buildings. It just You can see that the buildings themselves, some of them at least, are highly connected to something. Um, and you would know that those kind of cables, the size that you're looking at, they're going to be power cables and they're going to be network cables. As you three walk along the pontoon towards the waterfront, you see as you approach these warehouses that seem to build out the front of this uh, town, you see massive steel doors, some of which have rusted open, sludge and weeds kind of clogging up their entrances. And you can smell the salty, rancid smell of scum forming on the water, uh, lapping up against where their slipways uh, come into the sea. And in parts, you can see the technicolored shimmer of oil slipped and spilling over the top. Does anyone know why that takes place, by the way? <gasps> no, tell me, please. It's because you why get. Why is it an oil which? spill? So when you see the rainbow colours in an oil spill, it's basically because you have the reflection taking place off the top of the oil layer, and then because it's a very thin layer, <clears throat> you also have reflection taking place at the bottom of the thin layer of oil, and those two reflections interfere with each other. <gasps> That's so interesting. It's awesome. So it's it's like a diffraction grating almost. That's Very cool. So cool. Chat of opportunity. Sometimes we learn on the show. Mostly we learn about rude stuff. Or etymology. Or etymology. But that's the etymology, etymology corner, which is different to the chat of opportunity. Wow, we're <laughs> great songwriters. Why we extended the song? There's too do. many names for everything. It's a musical episode. Wolves attack you, then gnawing up your arm. <laughs> Failed a death save. Oh no, here we go. I can see how long we'll just keep going. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, Uriel, you were looking and you were looking at these cables that were sort of draped and strewn across some of the buildings. You can roll a history check. Oh, yes, I was going to roll a history check. Just uh, to see if you can work out 
what these things might be. Because this is to do with sort of shipish components. (laughs) No. Look at him trying to use his dwarfy shit. (laughs) Well, the thing is, the dwarf dwarf rule is to do with stonework. And it's like, we kind of retroact, we change that. You can't have all machinery as stonework. Okay. (laughs) We'll have metal work. Sure. Oh, I still, uh, so history, wasn't it? That is a synthetic 20. Woo! Snaps for Uriel. (laughs) This cabling is familiar to you. Um, You've seen it in the shipyards in Martin's Bone. A lot of it is power cabling um, that appears to come from some sort of other source, just transferring power to all the different buildings here. But the larger cables, you know, have the kind of insulation and the kind of... uh, cabling inside them required to transmit information at high speeds and what your guess is although you've not really spent long enough on the surface of Braxigantu to to know this your guess would be that these are network cables um, to allow people to connect to the Braxigantu network and that is essentially their version of the internet right it's a much more powerful much more interconnected version, but a way that you could access all of that information. And it, it, those massive thick cables carrying that are going into certain warehouses, but the more of them are sneaking into the town. Okay. Um, I also just had a, a thought about how like each planet would have its own internet, and because of like the huge the problem of transmitting data long distance like when a ship arrives it's like a huge data dump into the be- into the network in the same way that it's a offloads people and material it's also data that just gets oh added. that's cool I like that. yeah yeah um yeah that's fine um okay so what i'm thinking is um right uh, infinity you see those cables mm, yes they are i'm pretty sure data cables okay if we can get you to a terminal mm-hmm. do you think you could Inter- interact with it and sort of, you know, read into the network. We might be able to find out a bit more about what happened. Yes, I, c- I can try. Um, right, so we've got to try and... F- um, where do, where, where's going to be a terminal? Um, where is, there's got to be a terminal around the port because that's where people are going to want to use it. They're going to want to, you know, do ship IO, that kind of stuff. Right. Can we go and look for... Uh, in a warehouse or somewhere that's sort of near the shore, like I mean, invest, like basically investigate to try and find one, uh, something that resembles an interface. Yeah, roll an investigation check. Everybody who's looking. Oh, it's a natural one. <laughs> um, There's so many people. I'm so excited. Nine. <laughs> it's an FS, You're not even involved. He's wasted. I'm looking at my bracelet. Oh, <laughs> investigating that. Um, you pretty. You don't see uh, like a specific network spot or anything like that. You do bump into a couple of people and asking oh. around, you get a couple of interesting responses. One person turns to you, yeah, if y'all wanna get onto the network, y'all gonna need to go in into the town proper. That's where they got facilities there for someone don't bring their own connection. Yeah, I suggest you look there. Uh, another one. Yeah, yeah. Ain't no entry for those folk, folk like you here. Y'all find not what you're looking for, not at all. Oh, that was very nice. 
Uh, well, I guess we've got to go in a How Are we talking, is this a town that's like sprawling like London? Or is this sprawling in the way that like Bradford-on-Avon is sprawling? <laughs> like, can we London walk there London or Bradford-on-Avon? <laughs> that's the two ends of my spectrum. One of those. Yeah. You're still on the, you're still on the piers and you're sort of, as you've been talking to people and asking that, you've been approaching the, the, the warehouses on the fronting. Looking inside, there is a town there. But you get the impression as you were approaching it that this isn't massive, right? It's like Leeds or something. You could walk from side to side in a few hours. I don't know how big Leeds is. Great. It's the sort of sound you could walk from side to side from in a yeah, few okay, hours. Yeah, okay, great. Okay, yeah, let's let's walk into the... To, to try and find something else. Okay. So you walk past the Come on to Nebris. Yeah, I'm imagining it's like walking I a pet or something. It's what? just like... <laughs> yeah. Did you see my bracelet? It's beautiful. It's very Come nice. On. It was nice the last ten times you asked. <laughs> you walk past the warehouses, the waterfront, and now the sunlight really has started to go down, and the first stars are visible in the sky, and um, the last of the sunlight is just a sort of golden uh, rim across the, uh, the sea, the horizon of the sea. And looking in to this town, you see neon-lit streets diving between the buildings, these kind of narrow and angular, and they're lit with all these coloured neon lights and garish signs for all sorts of things. There's um, images of kind of, some of them are a bit lewd, some of them are kind of just uh, just signs all the way across them and say, come here, music all night, everything you need. Some are lots of X's, you don't know what that means. Some are lots of Y's, you don't know what that means. Um, New New Orleans. <laughs> I was thinking Amsterdam, but sure. <laughs> and it seems like um, alongside these streets and even under them, canals and waterways are reaching that into is. the city as well. <laughs> and in fact, what you realise is that many of the streets that you're looking at are walkways suspended over streamlets or silt banks, so you can hear the water still rippling underneath you as you step out into this place. Lots of them are made of wood, you can see. Some of the bigger ones seem to be plated with metal. And you can, now looking back, you look at the waterline, you can see that large stretches of it are supported on stilts, a lot like the pontoons were as well. The cables that you saw, Uriel, hang between these buildings, and they, they're everywhere. They're like vines in the jungle with small wires kind of spidering out of them, um, and all kind of like, and lots of them to be plugged into these various bits of light. And as you step into the shadows of these buildings, you feel the first coolness of the night air on your skin. And it's laden with moisture from the marsh and from the sea. You can smell the aroma of barbecue fish and on the wind you start to hear the sounds of drums and brass <laughs> when I'm a machine as I'm gonna be 
You see people scurrying around you. Um, sailors who seem to have come from the docks all kind of making their way in. You see a loud, rowdy group. Oh, we're going to find us some fun tonight, eh, fellas? Yeah, I know what I'm going to do. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get it on. There's going to be some damn justice. That's what I'm going to do. And these kind of, they push past you, making their way into the streets and just disappear into these little alleyways. You see um, people looking out from uh, uh, windows uh, floor up, overlooking the streets, um, shouting down to their neighbours, little shop fronts, open neon signs, advertising um, cigarettes and uh, uh, different places where you can go to get different bits of food. And you can smell these, these amazing smells, these different kind of barbecued meats and fish just filling the air. This is phenomenal. <laughs> This is um. This is a lot of. This is this is a lot. Uh, Tenebris, are you alright? How are you feeling? Hmm. Mhm. Mhm. Do you want some food? Yes. Yes. We food. Find going food. to eat food. It I smells very good food. over here. Can we go towards? I want to go I towards the barbecue fish. First stages ago before you said it. You follow your nose, Infinity, and you make your way down one of these little alleys, slightly swinging on this kind of rope walkway, and as people kind of bustle their way past you, carrying different things, uh, and you appear uh, in a little tiny square that's sort of bounded by about four, just four buildings one, uh, on either side, with a couple of roads leading out at the corners. And uh, the front of one of these buildings has opened up, and it seems to be just someone's living room, but they've opened the door and they've opened the windows, and next to the windows you can see a, a big old grill just stood just outside the window, and someone inside the window leaning out um, with kind of tongs and bits of barbecue equipment, but flipping bits of meat and uh, fish on the on the barbecue and there's a couple of people already lined up behind them how long do you think it's gonna be there i'll tell you what is ready when it's ready hello are you all are you all getting some food oh yeah that i'm glad you can see it i see your eyes are working is it is it good it's the best you'll find around here but get a lot of this one she asking if it's good i'll tell you what i don't really eat normally so i don't well, if this is the first time you've chosen to eat, you've come to the right place. You've come to Ellison's, and Ellis going to take care of you. Okay, great. That sounds... Are you... You're not Ellis. Ellis. Ellison? Ella? Ella? That's Ellis. No, uh, Ellis. my name is Kingsley. Kingsley St. Tortoise, at Hi. your service. St. Tortoise? That's right, it's a mighty interesting name, ain't it? I come from a long line of tortoises, but uh, me, I'm the first saint, first saint among them. Wow. He's flipping as flipping as they go. Uh, what do you What do you recommend? What do I recommend? I recommend you bring your face close to all the delectable items I have here on the grill, and you let your nose do the choosing for you, sir. It's like, you know, when like a dog sniffs your ear. <laughs> That's what I'm imagining. Oh. Like. <laughs> this like music you're hearing, by the way, it seems to be coming from all different parts of the city. Like, and it, it's live, right? It's not pre-recorded. You can tell. And occasionally you hear the shouts of someone being like, yeah, play it again. Uh, Uriel, Snubris, have either of you ever danced? Uh, define dance. Um, moving rhythmically to music, I think. 
Oh yeah, like we we had we had the sending out kind of ceremonies that we would do when the big ships. Yes, were because do you remember when we were back in Vow and everyone was dancing and I wanted to dance and then we we had to hide. Do you think Is that when we ran away from above? Yes. Oh, they were doing a circassian no, circle. No, no, it was before we um we escaped. Oh, then yeah, yeah. I can do the I I can I can do dancing. You have to go in the circle and then. We've, the partner and we've time. already got off track let's but get what? something to eat we're gonna oh, go yeah. and try and get to the terminal and then we gotta go into the lobster right. pot okay? okay that's just that's look, look this is all I interesting just, and new and everything but we've got to get off my this nose plant. would like this one please <laughs> your nose is chosen well this fine oh, rack of ribs right. for the little lady now that'll cost you uh, just the two silver if you please um can, uh, can I can I beep? Uh, you surely can. And uh, <laughs> they hold out uh, their elbow and you beep. Very kind, very kind. Left a tip as well. Glad to see it. And then uh, hands you the the plate of ribs. Uh, do you, you have anything? Off, you can anything mark off three silver from your. Do you have anything that's uh, boneless? Boneless? You mean something in nature that grows sans the bones? I don't know if you removed the bones from any of these. Well, uh, you know, we don't get much call for that, but if y'all need your meat without the bones, I'm sure we can oblige for a price. Uh, I'm pretty sure you could take the bones out yourself. Oh, yeah. Lebris gnaws on bones. It is delicious. It is just juicy, flavoursome. There's some sort of herbs being used there, and it's just and now the grease is dripping down your chin, and you you've not eaten for so long of this, and you've never eaten anything like this. Uh, I'll, I'll have one of them as well, then. I'll just take the bones. Uh, I'm surely glad to see it. Here you go, sir. He hands you over another rack of ribs. I'll take the um. What was the name of the guy whose ship we jacked? Um. Because I had his card. Abel. Abel. I'll, I'll use Abel's card and and tap that. Nebris, Uriel, could one of you maybe pay for me to try some? Oh yeah, uh, what do you want? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, and whatever she wants. Uh, yes, uh, what do androids normally have? Your kind. You know, there's a place for folk like you, but uh, if y'all wanted to try some of this, might I suggest uh, the halibut? Sure, that sounds lovely. That's a fish. That is a fish. Oh, it was a fish. Now it's just a mighty fine meal. And uh, okay. they plate it up and they give it to you on this uh, on this little sort of paper cardboard plate. That'll Uriel's be gonna. Um, by the way, just whilst this is happening, is methodically removing all of the bones and just <laughs> mushing it down with his mechanical oh. fist. Oh, <laughs> Mush paste. Bone paste. <laughs> Are you doing it on the pavement? I sort of not the pavement, like no, the his hand. No, his hand is like you know, he's got like the, the mechanical hand. It's just like. Invisible <laughs> <laughs> um, will attempt to eat the fish. Uh, you open your hat and <laughs> uh, and you begin the nutrient removal process. Uh, and you're getting a lot of really interesting scents and tastes. 
um, a lot of interesting compounds, aromatics that you've not encountered before, and you sense that this is a tasty piece of fish. This is wonderful. Thank you so much. That is a tasty burger. That's a tasty <laughs> burger. Um, uh, right. Okay. Um, you're welcome. Now, if if you're just please move along. We got some other customers here. Oh yes, and you see sorry. The crowd sorry. Sorry. Have just moved in. Um, and the the woman near you. Okay, yeah, get out of the way. Come on, Sasha. We got places to be. Is there anywhere around this like courtyard that is um, looks like we could use as a terminal? Mm. Terminal. Mm, uh, you don't see anywhere um, like that. But um, what you do see, looking down one of the alleyways, is you see um, amid this kind of like electric chaos that are these neon signs. You see one sign that reads network access here all the way down the side of one of the buildings and then a kind of flashing arrow pointing inside. Great. As you're looking at that, you also see the first moon, Lahubelius, rising up over the seafront, down, uh, back over the piers. Oh, we should probably get to the lobster pot, right? Well... I could I mean, quickly plug in. Just let's just let's like, just quickly see if yeah. you can check in. Okay. I will. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to work out how she would plug in, and the thing is, I keep thinking of like her fingers, and then I realise that that gets really dirty. So I'm. Um, she just puts a palm on it. <laughs> well, what you, what you okay? You reach out where this sign is. Uh, the sign with the arrow pointing down, a sort of like glowing neon sign, a little bit flickery, a little bit right. You reach out. You touch the surface in front of you. Your hand merges with this material and you realise that it is in fact wood. It's a door. Uh, Do you want to go in? <laughs> Sorry, uh, Uriel, I think I miscalculated here. This is a door. <laughs> well, to information, yes, but like, what does it right, say? Right, so should we go in? <laughs> oh, oh, you mean oh, it's an Okay, let's very quickly go in. Yeah, in you and out, 20 minute adventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you push your way in. Bang! What? So I beg your pardon? I said, whack. Oh, I just thought you just like, you make your way in. Fuck! <laughs> it's like Geralt of Rivia here. <laughs> Sorry, just misheard you. Um, and you see uh, in front of you a very thin stairway um, with dirty carpeting um, leading up, and oh. there's one bulb hanging from the ceiling at the top of this sort of this... next floor, which is slightly swinging. Is this normal if... for terminal cereal? Uh, not in my experience, but terrestrials always tend to be a little bit different. Right. Tenebris, is this normal for a terminal? Yes! Okay, great. <laughs> Off I go! <laughs> uh, you walk up the stairs, uh, and as you come over the top of the banisters, you look out into the um, a very small kind of room. It's about three meters by three meters um, and there's you can see that there's a desk that's been placed uh, uh, to block the kind of entrance from the stairs and there's a kind of a bored looking man just sort of with his feet up on one chair thumbing through um, what looks like a, a magazine uh, and just his foot tapping slightly uh, along with the music um, he's bald except for that sort of side side hair um, that you, that people who aren't totally bald, they're just sort of bald on the top with a bit on the side. Oh, what's that? Um, side hair. It's called side hair. Called side hair. Uh, and <laughs> with greying eyebrows um, and wearing jeans and a, a dirty shirt. 
Excuse me, hello. Um, I'm Infinite Sky 6000, serial number 8691973. Save it. PM. Y'all want in? You, For there's going to be two gold. To, to access the terminal? Two gold, one hour. You take it, you leave it. Should we should we do that or should we go and come back? I think we should do it. I think we one should do it. One hour's not that long. Okay. Yes, um, sorry, I don't have any money, but these I, two I will, do. I will pay for you. Thank and you. No, 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 sorry, I, I've, got this to, I've got this 10, don't worry. Okay. Okay, mark off two gold. Yeah. How much and did I pay for the um, two lots of food earlier? Was it six silver? Uh, you paid five silver. Um, he's kind of cheekily taking an extra silver as a tip. Um, oh, okay. Every time, uh, yeah. But that was for two people. That was for two people, yeah. Right, so mine is five, five silver and three gold for this, yeah. Two gold. Oh, sorry. Cool. He just pulls the table back to allow you a little space to kind of walk through. You walk in, and in the room itself, what you see are four cables. Um, about the thickness of a cucumber. <laughs> Um, and then they all come down from the ceiling so there's these four cables um, snaking down from a hole in the ceiling and they come down to um, about the, your head height if you were sitting on the floor so about your waist height things like great um, yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> oh there's no only one, there's only one window in the room and um through it, you can hear the sounds not only of the sea but also of um, the jazz coming in uh, through the uh, on the breeze. Um, there's one figure, thin, almost emaciated, um, wearing uh, long trousers and what looks like a suit, but like a filthy suit. Like it's been worn for a long time. Ties crooked. Their hair's all over the place, um, and they appear to be connected to one of the cables into the back of their head and they're just they look like they're completely passed out and they're just lying against the side of the wall in um, the corner oh that looks that looks dangerous do you think i should uh no let's just you know we want to let's just get this done quickly we'll see, see what you can find out about the whole incident last right, night right 238 238 yeah okay i will I think it's i'm assuming infinity does not have uh, hatch at the back of her head to attach a cable to. Just do it with your I'll just palm. Do, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll put my palm against one. Grasp the cucumber will... thick cable. <laughs> Where do I put these four cucumber sized? Four? <laughs> That's Don't what you said, there were four hanging down. Um, no, it's only, I just use one. The cucumber thick cable. Um, as you grasp it, it's bigger. What sort of. <laughs> you said it was a like head height. <laughs> more like an aubergine now. These feathery right. protrusions come out of it. Oh no. Um, and they seem to be almost sort of seeking. They're swaying slightly. If you've ever seen a um, a filter feeder in the ocean, when it puts out its sort of like filtering uh, feeds, it's ooh. like that. And they, so they come out, yeah, like that. And they're swaying ever so slightly. Oh. When that happens, you feel. Uh, something happened in the back of your neck oh. you can't tell what it is because you can't see it but suddenly you feel like a cold uh. sensation of air on the part uh. of you that was not open um, before Tenebris, Uriel is something happening to the back of my neck? 
Is something happening to the back of her neck? <laughs> something has happened to the back of her neck. Oh no! A little tiny sort of hatch portal has opened up, and inside you can see various shining little pieces of metal, of cable, of copper, fiber cabling. Uh, and what you also see is it, it seems to be moving ever so slightly, like the pieces of metal are sort of shifting, almost like the inside of a lock, but the, the lock that keeps moving and shifting inside. Okie dokie. Nothing to worry about. It looks like a normal interface. Great. Okay, I'll plug in. You bring the cable closer to the back of your neck. If anything yes. happens, will you two save me, please? Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Great. As you feel the connections being made, you can feel these feathery outcroppings reaching their way into your neck and into where your spine is and starting to spark off and you feel information starting to trigger you see sensations like your fingertips aren't touching they don't feel the same coolness of the air they don't feel the moistness anymore you look out towards where Tenebrius and Uriel were and they start to telescope away as you feel the strength of the connections growing and growing and then the cable sucks itself to the back of your head as it fully engages and everything goes black. Oh, bollocks. Okay. Let's get rid of those. Uh, and you are floating. And then you appear in the network. And that's where we'll leave it for today. No! Oh, no! What? He mustered us! Yeah. Is it gonna be like Tron? <gasps> Tron. Or like all okay, of like <laughs> films where they are like in the computer and it's a big black space and then they just like That was it. awesome. What an ending. Shit. Oh, oh shit. Oh. Ali Jennings, ladies and gentlemen. Ali Jennings. I love Cass and, uh, in Twitch chat. Uh, Cass was saying, You have 1.7 million Infinity OS updates missing. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, um, <laughs> yeah, there's, the problem. there's a lot. <laughs> You Don't just see like a, a ring million. going around on her chest, like endlessly. <laughs> She's like tiny, tiny, like making good progress. Oh. Estimated progress, 137 years. Then it's like five minutes, 100 years. <laughs> oh, God, don't. oh don't. fuck, she's on Windows. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that would be so grim. Yes. Your updates are installed. Then why is anything fucking changing? Then do something. If, if, if Infinity runs out of cyan ink, she now cannot do anything else. <laughs> We actually just wanted to fight. No, there's no ink. <laughs> <laughs> no ink. Can't do anything. Um, oh, that is really ink. exciting. Holy, holy crap! Um, uh, oh. Wow, um, Shami, do you want to do you want to take us home? Yeah. Oh, thank you for a lovely uh, session, everybody. Um, thanks everyone joining us live. Um, I'm gonna tell you where you can find us because uh, we we like people to be able to find us here. Well, apart from right here, right now. However, you're consuming this, I'm gonna tell you the other ones. Um, so if you're not 
literally right here right now we're on twitch uh we stream live every wednesday at seven o'clock um uk time but that's not a great time zone for everyone you're busy on wednesdays but don't worry you can catch up uh, immediately after the the live stream on twitch the vod is up on simon's twitch channel twitch.tv forward slash dr simon clark um but then sometime after that we have a video on youtube and a podcast version totally. of all our episodes Look, sometime, i was vague i was vague sometime after I said that sometime <laughs> after that i the, thought i got away with that the youtube should be up to date quite soon actually. just we be busy <laughs> just the permanent state of our youtube channel and, and podcast but no thank you for those who who uh listen comment and, and what is it rate there like subscribe bump that like yeah, those yeah and we tell like people the, about us the that's the other thing like you know leave ratings but leave ratings irl we tell oh, people is that a thing you can do is that yeah. how that people is that IRL <laughs> and yes our social media is at rp geeks dnd pretty much on all social media channels apart from facebook we don't have a facebook no, no, but we have an instagram goodness. we have a tiktok we have a twitter we have a youtube we have rpgeeks.co.uk, the website, which links we to do. all of the above. Absolutely. Of That's we the best si- place to go. We have a go. channel on Simon's Discord. RP Geeks mm. discussion in yeah. Dr. Simon Clark Facts. Right. 